Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, uh, Gemma Bastiani here on Play On Radio, and it's time to do a little bit of a recap of the AFLM trade period and off-season, the listings, all that jazz, as well as look towards the draft. Um, the M stands for madness. Truly. Um, we're going to look towards the draft, not necessarily be very smart about specific players, just we're putting that out there first. But we're going to outline what each club is looking for, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm Gemma. Today I have sibling, younger brother, Melbourne supporter, <laughs> Alexander here. How you, how you going? Good. Good. Other, other than that intro, can you tell people who are listening who you are and what you do? Just a recap so people know who they're listening to. Oh, I think you said it well enough. I think they'll... <laughs> If if they're listening to this with regards to football, Melbourne supporter probably says enough. <laughs> You're Melbourne in the AFLW as well. Yes. Yes. Um, and younger sibling to me. <laughs> and the other one. And the other one. Yeah. Um, so we talk footy a lot. Pretty pretty much exclusively. <laughs> yeah. And we've just been talking about footy for an hour already tonight. So um, and we still don't know what the hell we're supposed to say on the on this episode. <laughs> so we'll see how we go. <laughs> so what we're going to do is go through each club, um, give you a heads up on who's left the club or what picks have left the club, what has come into the club in this trade period or off season, um, what their picks are for this year's draft. And then we're going to suggest what that club needs in terms of type of player. And Alexander is actually more across which players are up for the draft. Potentially. So he'll start throwing some names out there as well because he's looked into all of that too. So that's how this is all going to work. Hopefully it's not too long so that it's quick and snappy for you all. Um, But we'll obviously kick it off with the Adelaide Crows. Alphabetical. Alphabetical. So, they have lost Cam Ellis-Yolman and Sam Jacobs both to free agency. Hugh Greenwood, Eddie Betts, Josh Jenkins, Alex Keith have all been traded out. Richard Douglas and Paul Hunter both delisted. Andy Otten has retired and they've lost their future third round pick. In Jenkins technically, technically it's traded out. Yeah. Yeah, but they're still paying but a large part of his salary. I don't think I've said too many 
too many trades like that where it's basically been kicked in the ass. Yeah. On his way out. Yeah. And they've agreed to pay pay a large portion like, of his salary. He he must have pissed someone off because I don't know why. Anyway, but yeah. we'll, you know, Matthew Nix must not like him. Cleaning house. <laughs> Well, house. I mean, how much of a call did he have? He'd been there for like a week and a half. Well, it was pretty late in the trade period, so I reckon he was just like, if there's any player to leave, it's him. <laughs> <laughs> or it was basically just like, if anybody wants to put their hand up for me not to deal with them next year, it'll make it a hell of a lot easier. I think that was a large part of it as well, to be honest. Potentially. Um, they've gained Billy Frampton, pick 37-45 through trade. Uh, 49 is a compensation for for free agency. And they've also gained future second round pick and two future fourth round picks. Um, so as it stands right now, their 2019 picks for the draft, number four, number 23, 28, 37, 45, and 49. So while my eye weeps, I'm kind of winking at you. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering why you, I was like, is that, shit, is that a signal that I've missed? Um, what do you think they need? Uh, Probably a quarter of a list. Correct. <laughs> um, look, it's hard to tell. I mean, Douglas was a pretty bloody reliable midfielder. Yeah. Um, I mean, Otten was pretty much their utility. Mm. So, Ellis Yolman, again, big-bodied mid. So, that's two mids out. Eddie Betts is obviously worth 40 goals a year, at least. Well, Sam Hugh Jacobs is, a- is one of the best, like, top five rucks in the league. Mm. There's a lot of... There's a lot of positions for them to... Ca- now, I'm not very well across Adelaide's list. They drafted two blokes pretty highly last year, I think, who they presumably are expecting will take some more time uh, or take some more game time next year moving into the middle. Well, Chase Jones got a few games this year, but yep. we didn't see um, Ned... I can't remember his last name. Debut. Um, so, yeah, the, my big thing with Adelaide has always been that they don't blood their youth. And this year was a good example of that. Jenkins always being picked over Fogarty, whereas Fogarty could have a big impact, grow as a player and become a more long-term project for them. So it was really interesting that that's how they went. And it, with all the players that they've lost... Well, I get a blooding youth must be difficult, though, when your most important positions are still held down by, like, senior dudes. No, you can't, but... You can't blood them all. So, but this is going to be almost trial by fire. Yeah. They're going to throw all of their young blokes pretty much into the deep end next year. Because, they have to. They don't have any other players. Well, that's exactly it. It's, it's going to be a tough year, I think, for the young blokes. Um, um, this, I mean... Tell me that's not a rebuild to some degree. Oh, like, it's 100% on, a rebuild. Like, I think next year's a write-off for Adelaide. They might be counting on that together. too with also, you know, also having an opportunity to draft some other people higher or in the top 30 next year as well. Yeah, so well, they've got, I think they've got Carlton's pick next year. Uh, that four, four is Carlton's pick um, this okay, year. But, but so they still year. have a first-round pick next year then. Yeah, and next year they've got a future second rounder into the club as well. So yeah, I mean, I mean, and and potentially, obviously, the trade period is crazy. So there's no telling what they could do if they still have the picks. There's no telling what they could try and do there. It just seems like, I mean, as we said before, I'm a Melbourne fan, so I've seen some horrendous, you know, mismanagement from the club, but. 
Uh, I don't know. If you're an Adelaide fan, do you see it as positives that they've done a review and cleaned house? I mean, they got rid of Burton. They got rid of Carousella. The coach, you know, unceremoniously resigned. <laughs> and I we say it like that, that because I think everyone can pick up on the air quotes in the background <laughs> there. Uh, very politely asked to leave. A little bit unlike Josh Jenkins, who was pretty much just like, get the fuck out. So, but if you look at the players, really, that really have been strange postseason. Absolutely yeah. strange, and and to not have the coach sort of locked in a little bit earlier was mm. almost like that awkward position that Frio were in last year, where they had no, they had no coach, so or they had no um, was it the list manager they got rid of, so they had yeah. Peter Bell come in and do it all as you know, Mister Fix It. I mean, luckily they don't have the worst draft hand. They got 4, 23, 28, 37, 45. You know, there's still good players to be had because apparently from what I've heard, after the first 20 or so blokes, it's supposed to be quite an even Mm. mix. And it's basically just picking, I guess, the blokes more on who seems confident enough to break, like to do the work and break into the senior side. They're going to have their work cut out for them. Luckily... They have enough picks that they should be able to get one. I mean, I think we were saying before, they're also one of the people in a prime position to try and split number four into potentially two picks under, like, between maybe 10 and 25. Yeah. Or even take the Giants' offer for six and maybe a future first rounder so that they can also build next year. Mm. It's just an incredibly awkward position for them to be in to lose so many Well, if you if you look at the guys that have moved on, they're all... Kind of on the back end of their career. So there were, yeah, most Hugh Greenwood's blokes. 27. Eddie Betts obviously only has one or two years left in him. Josh Jenkins, the same. Close Alex to- Keith is 27. Yeah. Sam Jacobs is 31, I think. Alex Yolman was around mid age or so, yep. showing some good signs, but clearly just didn't want to be there. I think he was reportedly one of the blokes that had a serious issue with that uh, pre season camp yeah, after Which the is still haunting them a year and a half later. Attempt. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they definitely need to look at a key defender, having lost um, Alex Keith, but also Daniel Talia is not young. You know, they need to find someone to kind of take up that mantle in defence. I don't think Kyle Hardigan's the guy, so I think they need to look for a key defender, but also a tackling or, or pressure forward. Retaining the ball in their forward 50 is a big thing for them yeah, as well. Yeah, so I was looking at um, Kaiseya Pickett. Obviously, he's a small bloke. He's drawn... Compa- obviously, there's a lot of comparisons with draftees because people are, are not that uh, familiar with them. Yeah. So they draw a lot of comparisons. He's been compared to blokes like Silver Rioli and obviously his uncle Byron, despite being a smaller bloke. Yeah. That tenacious pressure. He, he doesn't get high possession, but he's apparently... Really tenacious. Yeah. Knows how to apply the pressure to keep the ball in the 50, depending on Matthew Nick's game style or so. He's expected to be around about 20, 25-ish after sort of earlier on being thought to go later because, oh, he doesn't have a tank or whatever. But he's an excitement machine. Yeah. And he's a hard nut. Bums on seats. They've Yeah. And he kicks goals from Eddie's pocket. He, it, they, he could be the kind of bloke to turn it into Cozzy's pocket. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I just, and also being South Australian, I wonder, South Australian teams typically would like 
to draft South Australians. Uh, but in this year's draft, I think everyone wants to draft the South Australians because they look <laughs> they look really bloody good. There's a few. Well, last Will year Day was the same as well. Is uh, he's quite tall, very light at the moment, but he's a really good ball user off half back and mm. potentially due to his endurance capability, like uh, a running winger even. So I think they would they would potentially be planning on trying to get localish blokes. Make the transition easy, considering how desperately they need them to be in the team quicker, mm. um, and also just yeah, like exo- add the excitement, add the capability to transition. You know, like I said, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with number four. Yeah. All right. Shall we move on to Brisbane? Yeah. The B this, I'll in let the alphabetical you go, order. I remember you were really bullish on Brisbane last year, and you picked it quite well. So thank you. But, yeah. <laughs> They also have a few blokes out there, don't they? Yeah, so out goes Louis Taylor and Tom Cutler through trades. Taylor to um, Sydney, what yes. do you reckon? Well, it, we'll get to Sydney. Oh, one of the quickest sides ever <laughs> uh, Luke Hodge retired. Their D-listings, Ryan Bastanak, Ben Keyes, Nick Robertson, Josh Walker, Matt Eagles, Corey Lyons, Sam Skinner and Archie Smith. They've also traded out pick 46, 91, Callum Archie. Sorry, he was a very recent one. Um, 2022nd round pick and 2024th round pick. I thought they traded Archie in from Gold Coast. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, He's yeah. in. Sorry. Sorry, that's all right. I've written him on the wrong side of my sheet. No, no. That's um, embarrassing. I think the only one that I was surprised about was Josh Walker. I still thought that mm. he was the kind of bloke that was really handy for them. Useful utility. Yeah. Um, but Fags must have an idea of what they're doing. Um, in comes Cam Alice Yolman, Calamachi, as you said, traded in. Grant Birchall, another free agent. Pick 48, 52, 72, and a 2020 third round pick. So they go into the draft with pick 16, 21, 34, 48, 52, 55, and 72, which is fairly strong. Again, not... Not a not a bad draft hand. Almost the draft hand that Adelaide probably needed, although they still have the potential to obviously yeah. do a, a bit of a switcheroo. Um, they're, they're not in a bad spot at all, I don't think. I mean, their list is clearly strong. They yeah. performed very well. Um, Zero in, or very few injuries. They, I mean, Louis Taylor's a great runner, but Brisbane's got plenty of run by the looks of it. So I don't think they lost anything, you know, detrimental. Yeah. Um, obviously, Hod retiring... They probably could have had another year or so, but I mean, it's it might be better to get him off the list and keep because I think he's agreed to be at the club next yeah, year. Yeah, he's a coach now, so, so they've replaced Birchall. him with Birchall, who's yeah. still got plenty of that, and uh, and obviously knows how to work with Hodgie. So yeah, and fakes. I think they're in a really good. I mean, Calamarchi's got a lot of run. Mm, that was that was the interesting one. Like yeah. why why was and he for s- a pick around thirty ish? I think yeah. So, but uh, look, they they've obviously seen him for a little while. Mm. Um, kept an eye on him during all the Q clashes. Oh, um, no, I mean, Cam Alice Yolman's a good one as well, being a bigger mid. Um, I'd be interested to see if he just plays as a big mid or what they do with that. Yeah. Because you know? I would have thought this is probably where Cam Rayner starts to move into the midfield as well. So, it, I don't know. It's, it'll be interesting. They they look like they're in a really good position, though. Mm. And, um, like I said, 16 and 21 in particular are really interesting picks. Even at 34, there could be a surprise there. So. Yeah. What do you think they need to look at in the draft type of player? Um, well, their forward line, you would think, is reasonably good. Mm. Um, but they lost one of their real, like, tough defenders in Robertson. Um, 
I could see I could see them going for a more utility kind of bloke. I mean, around pick sixteen, there's a few utility blokes that copped injuries that could slide. Yep. So I mean, I think there's too many people keen on Brody Kemp for him to still be there. But Josh Worrell's like this very tall, reasonably well set um, utility who who played forward a lot, but he sees himself as a defender. Yeah. That couldn't hurt them. Mm. But they also they've got some big defenders. So. I don't know. For some reason, I think they're more likely to go for um, like a slightly taller forward, like a half forward kind of bloke. I mean, but that's because I don't know their list um, particularly well in terms of what they desperately need. I could just sort of see them not being too concerned with blokes who run and carry. Yeah. They have that. Um, more so blokes who put scores on the board or create. So. Yeah. So, I, I mean, my biggest note was they need a forward that is reliable in terms of his kicking accuracy. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Um, take a bit of pressure up hip, off Hipwood in that way as well. So that what you said pretty much aligns there. But also I think getting a composed halfback who can have a couple of years to develop while Birchall and Rich are still there mm. is really important because both of those guys, they don't have a lot of footy left in them. And now with Hodge gone as well, they need someone that can take on that role. So a composed clean kick off halfback, long boot, and reads the play really well. well so that's the type of player. There's a bloke from WA, Jeremy Sharp. He's, I think he's about he's around about six foot or just over. Yeah, He's a good user of the ball and he's a great runner. He's played forward as well, but he's not the best in front of goal. It might not be what they need. But over time, you should be able to teach blokes to kick straight. Um, I you mean, should. Look, Talk to St Kilda. That slightly taller mid who has a lot of running capacity and uses the ball well, mm. everyone would love to have a bloke like that on their team. Yeah. Also, um, also there's a couple of forwards that uh, you may... Because there's not a lot of tall forwards, they might have to look at the blokes that people are missing. Like, there's a few blokes who copped injuries that are likely to slide. Mm. But, like, for example, Emerson Jecker, he, he's got the best hands, apparently, in the entire group. Yeah, but he hurt his knee. There's doubts over that. Luckily, it was a hyperextension, not a major ligament. Ugh. So he's probably, you know, he's probably sliding a bit, and you know, but from all intents and purposes and and, and reports, you know, he he could easily have been a top thirty. I mean, he's a huge guy as well. He could be the kind of bloke where they can afford to take time. Yeah, um, get him into the system that's working quite well, obviously, and then not only that to have a bloke like Luke Hodge still there, um, that kind of expertise is valuable for forwards as well. He's worked with two amazing forwards in Buddy and Roughhead, mm. and he's played on good forwards. Could be a good way to slowly introduce a bloke in, in a bit of rehab, a big dude, into a team like that. And then, why not, have two huge guys like Hipwood and Jacker potentially going at it. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't feel like they're a team that's desperate for anything in particular. They can get creative, and they have a number of picks where they can afford to do that. And they have the time to develop these young guys without needing to throw them in. Well, yeah, and that's crucial. And they seem to have quite a good mentorish sort of program there. Obviously, Fagan, he's a bit more like a school teacher, you know? So I I, I would be really interested to see that they're probably not going to pick the people that everyone expects would go at that thing. They, They might get creative, I think. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Also, you know, the team they've got, performing as they've got, you can't afford to just pick the blokes who look like they could be stars. You're going to be delisting more people that 
you wouldn't expect. You don't want to pick the best guy and then not have a spot for him. It might pay for them to specialise yeah. and be able to take their time with that. You know, If they pick the blokes that might theoretically have been going later in the draft, they might want to take their time. And there could be other blokes slipping. You know, Jared Lyons has been delisted a few times. I could see <laughs> potentially him, un- you know, unfortunately for him. You know? <laughs> Should we move on no, to Carlton? Yeah, yeah, Carlton's <laughs> an interesting one. So out at Carlton, Andrew Phillips traded out. Tom Bug, Alex Fasolo and Dale Thomas all retired. Josh DeLuca, who was picked up in the mid-season draft. Uh, Jared Garlett, yeah, Pat Kerr, Kim LeBoy, um, Matthew Loby. Jared Pickett and Angus Schumacher all delisted. They also have traded out pick 48-72 and their future fourth rounder. There's a lot of future fourth round action happening. Yeah, I know. That's one of the weirdest picks. <laughs> in comes Eddie Betts and Mark Pittenay both traded in. Jack Nunes comes in as a delisted free agent um, and pick 57 and 70. So they go into the draft with pick 9, 43, 57, 70 and 85. So... Very good to have pick nine and then a bit nothing after that. <laughs> but their trade period has been smashed by a lot of people. Like, n- their inability to have gotten in either of those small but they're forwards. not... Like, okay, so they wanted Papley or they wanted Martin. Mm. They wanted a ruck. They got the ruck. And it looks like they're going to get they Martin anyway. They got a small forward in Eddie Betts who... You don't have to say much about that. You know what he's going to do unless... And he's so, working with and their And he's actually team. quite durable. Yeah. So those saying that he's too old... He's proven to be very durable, and he's arguably kicked more goals in the last few years than he has at the start. So he's still going really well. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with the homecoming story or doing it. No, it's great. It's great People for the seem club. To think they're doing it for the wrong reason. What are you talking about? You yeah. got a bloke who's guaranteed to kick goals for you. It's not a bad move. Mm. Jack Noons, you know, reliable winger without being like super, super duper good. So. Um, just, Didn't you go to school with him? Yeah, I went to school with him. He was bloody good, foo- bloody good school football. We could all tell that he was going to be going in the draft. But yeah, no, that was that was an interesting move too. I guess they're filling a need there to mm. some extent. Look, with pick nine, I don't see them moving that. I don't. As in I don't see them it? trying to trade that. No, I they're going to. I mean, I feel like they've covered so many positions or so many uh, spots on the list with higher picks that at a certain point you have to back the blokes that you've drafted and that's why I was and happy with the trade they did with Adelaide last year because they've got to try they got the bloke they wanted at the time they needed it or whatever now if you miss out on a guy that you would have liked this year you still got you still got a Soccer. first round like yeah. you know you know there's no I think people people need to and chill. I've done it too is that you get so concerned with like no this is the one it's like well you know We'll talk about that when we get to Melbourne later. They do it all the time. But um, no, I, they're definitely going to be using nine. And yeah. it, I don't know. I feel like they're probably more likely to try and get a taller bloke. Mm. You know, they've got the tall forward line. The back line's reasonable. I can see them trying to add to that a slightly more versatile bloke, though. Not, not a key position. There's not a hell of a lot of key positions remaining. But in the top ten, they have the ability to do that. I can't see them sliding in and taking a key position bloke. If anything... I'm more shocked that Casbolt is still there and that they no. didn't get rid of him and replace as a forward. They must clearly feel a need for some bloke to take marks and not be able to kick. No, Casbolt had a great back half of the year. And seeing, and seeing him up close, I went to... I never disliked him, but it's like, you know, at a certain point, 
it's good to take eight marks a game, but if you're doing nothing with the ball, no, no, no. But he had a he had a Liam Jones type revival in the second half of this year. I was I was up in Sydney for the Sydney Carlton game where Carlton won, um, and watching and sitting in the very front row of the bottom floor at the SCG. Watching Caswell play up close in that game, he was close to best on. He was incredible in that game, pushing really hard up on the wing, taking marks, and then being able to deliver the ball. He's forward always pushed for them. up and taking good marks on the wing. It's moving forward that's been his biggest. But it, no, but, but I think that's the best like, thing is that him. I've been wrong playing, many, many times. No, but him playing as a key defender rather than as a forward has changed his game, just like it did Liam Jones. So I'm happy that they've kept him on for another year. But I think they'll be looking for... And he won't have to do as much ruck then, presumably. No. But I think they'll be looking for a development ruck to work under Pitney and Cruiser. So a, a ruck that doesn't... Yeah, they doesn't still, need to come Pitney's in. not like, uh, you know... But Pitney becomes the second rung yeah, ruck. Yeah, he's not a rock star where they don't have to worry anymore. So, no, I but mean, they need... Jackson's there at nine, you can see him pouncing. I think they need to... F- find a ruck that can kind of develop under them so they've got something when Cruiser moves on. Yeah. Because he's... A, I mean, I went to school with him. He's a year older than me. So he's not got much time left in him and he's not had a great injury run in his career, which mm. has been really unfortunate. So getting a ruck underneath Pitney that can develop and be there when they need him to be yeah. is going to be a really important thing. Cruiser's career has been one of the more frustrating to watch. But when he's on... Every time he's oh. on the park, he's just a star. But, you know... Plays five games a year. Well, know. he played a lot more this year, but yeah, yeah it's pretty frustrating. Well, for I him. can see them jumping at Jackson then if he's there, if he's available, and yeah. then also, you know, not that they need the extra forward, but he's played forward and he's apparently played even one or two games as a mid. So he's an interesting, he's an interesting character. They got that pick forty three or fifty seven. If Jackson's not there, they could also go for Charlie Combin, who's like one of the other, you know, ex- one of. The rucks that people probably expect would be like the second or third best ruck in the in the group. So yeah, um, I think the other thing at they nine, need to... I I can see them, I could see them pouncing on a bloke like Caleb Sarong if he slips. Yeah, like one of those kinds of blokes, or maybe even like Flanders if he slips, because you know, Sarong's drawn a lot of comparisons to Robbie Gray or so. But another bloke that was like Robbie Gray before he had copped injuries and stuff was Mark Murphy. Yeah, quick runs hard. Knows how to kick a goal. Super valuable midfielder and a great leader. So um, they could definitely use another bloke like that in that vein. Absolutely. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I think you're right. If, if Jackson slips, they, they would not hesitate, I don't think. I hope he doesn't slip that far They out. love a ruck. They've just only really ever had one or one two good, one. good ones, you know. And most, and unfortunately, their best one is... Missed being on the park a lot. Yeah, well, I mean, they've delisted one this year and traded another one out. You know? Yeah. So they don't have that depth that they have had the past few years to pull from when there are injuries. And luckily, Casbolt has put his hand up and done a power of work in the ruck for a long time. So Yeah. Yeah. They still have the versatility. I think another thing, just before we move on to Collingwood, and Nunes helps this, but outside runners to support the immense number of inside mids they have. Yeah. So those outside runners to be the outlets for those players will be really important too. So as as you said, Nunes is important, but a player like Sarong or someone like that could be that player he, too. He hits the scoreboard too consistently apparently. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, who doesn't want a Robbie Gray, Mark Murphy running around? Well, it I mean, we got, on... we got Sam Gray, so... 
Yeah. Potential, <laughs> potential leader in the making too. I mean, they've I've heard that they're quite interested in Kemp, mm. but um, but I don't know. Is that utility style? You know, one ninety five ish has played forward and back, but wants to be a midfielder. And if he is, you've essentially got two. I think he's almost as tall as Cripps. Yeah, that's insane. I you know I don't know why such big blokes want to desperately be midfielders. I mean it's a, it's a hell of a lot better to I mean it's probably harder to some people like Jason Dunstall will tell you that being being a key forward is one of the hardest gigs, but that's probably just because he wants to talk himself up. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know why a lot of these bigger blokes see themselves as being midfielders. They just love getting the ball. I mean if you can if you can take marks up forward and kick goals, you should do that because mm. you. I mean, not only, but it's like you get, you get a lot more money playing as a forward then because they're harder to come by these days. That's true. Those Key big keys. Yeah. So, Nick Blakey. Oh, he's in, he's he's interesting to watch. Not just because of his weird running style and frame at the moment, but because he's bloody good. He's amazing. He's um, good. Should we move to Collingwood? Yeah, but I really don't know about these guys. They haven't really got a draft hand. Yeah, they don't. I mean, um, so. Outgoes James Aish was traded to Frio. They seemed desperate to try and clear up some space for that Grundy deal that they just tabled. Grundy mega deal. Um, they, uh, Tyson Goldtack and Daniel Wells are both retired. Ben Crocker, Sam Murray and Lyndon Dunn have all been delisted, but they've touted that they're going to try to re-rookie or redraft Lyndon Dunn. Um, and they've traded out pick 56-69 and a future third rounder. In comes Darcy Cameron, the ruck from Sydney. Yeah, um, he, he seemed like he, did, he didn't get any games for Sydney, did he? Played one. Played one game. And he hurt himself. Yeah. Um, I'd heard good things from you, obviously. But yeah, you like I really like him. <laughs> no, 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 that's not true. <laughs> um, I really like him. And he his ability to go forward is quite strong. Ah, that's exactly what Collingwood probably need. Yeah, I just wonder how much rock time is he going to get with Grundy there? Um, and if he wants, if, if he, he wants to play, he wants maybe to play. he has to accept a gig in the forward line. Mm, that's what I'm wondering. Are they going to turn him into? Like, and, but then what happens Tom to Mason Cox? Well, Mason Cox style player. <sighs> then what Cox happens to Mason? Is Cox? interesting. So he's I got quite a bad issue with his eyes at the moment. I don't know that he'll start the season being ready because he's recovering from I think double eye surgery. Yeah, he was had to sit he in had dark rooms. Retinas. For, yeah, that's insane. And the fact that you can operate on that is baffling to me at all. He's apparently recovering, but he's probably not going to be available at the start. Uh, I, just, I mean, it's, he I just did all wonder. right, but I don't see Coxie ever being a regular twenty-two player. But do you think Darcy Cameron is? Because I don't. He uh, yeah, well, he's younger. He's got more time, and he's probably got a little bit more natural 20, football ability. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't know. Why else do you think Collingwood would have gone? Well, him? I just if, found it if, interesting that he nominated Collingwood. Because the, the question goes back to the... For him to nominate Collingwood, though, you would I thought suspect was odd. that they must have had discussions with his management. But that's what I mean. Like, of all the clubs to nominate that you could go to and potentially be a walk-up start... Why Collingwood when they well, have the best? Well, people said that about Braden Proust, Remember, and that's what I mean. But he wanted Braden an opportunity Proust... though to work with good rucks because he knew that his craft work was not in a position where he was just a walk in. And if he was a walk in, he probably would have been thrown under the bus a bit. So hmm. maybe he's trying to be smart in terms of the longevity 
Or maybe Collingwood also shat themselves that Grundy wasn't going to sign, so they desperately needed mm. a ruck that was better than Mason Cox. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, Ben there. Reed does a lot of ruck work too, so it's perpetually I mean, injured. Ben Reed. I mean, I, I see it more as like they're going to try and get either Coxie to just don't worry about the ruck, try and focus on your forward craft, or do that with Cameron. Mm. They do need a key forward, and Darcy Moore's been doing so well down back that I don't see. Oh, there's no way you move forward. Like, no, no, no. They they need to address the forward. Forward rucks are always really handy players too. Yeah, like Callum Sinclair. Exactly. Uh, you know, forward rucks are super. Like ever since David Hale went forward and kicked three goals a game, taking contested marks, everyone said, "Holy shit, <laughs> we need to get more like this." <laughs> so I mean, I could see. Colin, I mean, it also they were in a difficult position. They didn't have a lot of currency. No, they wanted. They wanted to move players, but they were very selective in the and you know and I mean they delisted people. There weren't a lot of players they would have offered up, and the players they would have offered up didn't necessarily have a lot of trade currency. Like Aish was essentially like, all right, fair enough, you know, go and get your career moving somewhere else, and we can free up like said amount of space. So, I mean, but they've had a little bit of a flat trade period for a couple of years and yet they still they still are just super strong performers lately. I guess they must just be confident enough in but how they're going to perform. But depth as well. Depth is important. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'd be interested to see what Collingwood do when they all of a sudden have a good draft hand or like or players that want out. They probably would be a lot craftier than you think. I mean, it's just hard to tell with them. They didn't yeah. have an opportunity to do a hell of a lot. Well, they've also brought in pick 62, a future second round, and a future fourth. Um, so they go to the draft with pick 35, 62, and 74. Do you suspect that they're going to try and use those future picks to jump in to this year? No, I don't think so. I don't think Collingwood are looking for um, an immediate impact. Because if you look at their past couple of years as well, Jaden Stevenson was, I think, their only debutante for last year, and then this season just gone. Isaac Quaynor was the only one. I think, I think Noble played. A and John of Noble, games. yes. Sorry, yeah. apologies. So they, they don't debut a lot of players. So I think. No, well, not lately. No. So I don't know that they're looking to have players that come in and have an immediate impact next year either. So I, I think the biggest thing they need is looking for someone that can be that connection between midfield and forward. Yeah. Because they still don't enter 50 that well, and it's always been an issue for them. And it's improved the past two years, but it's still not quite there. If you look at a few of their games where it's... I mean, the GWS prelims an example. They're, they're trying late to get that score to when they're less than a goal down. Yeah but they just can't enter 50 in a way that is beneficial to them. And it's the kind of player that can step up in that situation that they need, I think. Well, I mean, in terms of the draft, um, if he, if he gets to 35 or so, there's a bloke Harrison Jones, who's, who's essentially a tall, fairly lightly framed, but that he's actually got speed because of that at the Mm. moment. Yeah. And he's, he's being described as a utility. Mm. So he could easily be the forward eventually if he puts on the size to kick the goals, but could probably start on the forward flank or so. And with the speed, try and be a link man. Yeah, that's a lot of that's. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, obviously, for a young bloke. But he's got time to develop. Like you said, yeah, they don't seem to be in any sort of really desperate hurry. 
Um, other than that, they're probably going to go... There's any number of sort of mid-size to slightly like six-foot-ish midfielders. There's like Mitch O'Neill, really good user of the ball apparently. Mm-hmm. And he's good on the inside, but even though he's not super quick, he's, he's about average pace or so, he likes to work on the outside. So their midfield group at Collingwood is is going to have to change. I think it you does know. in terms of... They use Dugowie a lot in the middle because they need the strength because Pendlebury, as good as he is inside, they've been using him more outside. And Sidebottom's been doing a hell of a lot more work on the wing, actually, and yep. not starting around the stoppage. Because he's a good runner as well. Absolutely. And he's he's one of the best users in the league, if you ask me. Yeah. So um, they need they, they need someone I, else on the I other side see, of the field. Yeah, I, could, I can see them trying to go for a midfielder type thing. I mean, maybe they're not as concerned... Because they know they got late picks, they're going to have to get creative to a degree. Mm. But um, I, yeah, if looking at Collingwood, they're going to go for like the mid type or flat out who's a big bastard that can kick goals or so yeah. that might be better than his better than his draft position might um, indicate. You know, like that bloke I said before, Jekka or Georgiades or something. Blokes who have had injuries that have led people to maybe put them on the back burner compared to blokes who've been able to finish the year strongly. Well, that's the that's the bonus of not needing an immediate impact player, but yeah. someone that you can sleep on a little bit. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Essendon? Shall we talk about Essendon? Ooh, Do we have to talk, talk about, about Essendon? About Essendon? <laughs> so, I think everyone's had enough about Essendon. Oh, I've bloody had enough Bloody like Essendon. to steal the limelight, don't they? <laughs> Um, out goes uh, David Myers, Mark Bagley, Matt D, and Luke Lavender have all retired. Delisted Michael Hartley, Zach Clark, Jordan Houlihan, Tom Jock, Jake Long, Ben McNeese, Trent Minot, and New- Mitch Brown, sadly enough. Yeah, okay. So I don't know any of those blokes except Mitch Brown. Zach Clark kicked very badly and didn't do a very good job this year. No disrespect intended, but... Very good at state league. Yeah, that's true. There are just some players that can't make the jump up. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, Melbourne had to get rid of the same blokes. Awesome at the state league. Every every game they play, they're getting racking up possessions. Well, James Rose at Doing Sydney. very well. But it it just didn't translate. Yeah. Which sucked, obviously. But it yeah, happens. Unfortunately, he was one. I think he won a premiership with um, one of the teams in the waffle. Probably. Before he got picked up again. So it was looking really good, but... I, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. Um, they've also traded out pick 37, 52, 70, and their future third. In comes Tom Cutler from Brisbane, Andrew Phillips from Carlton, pick 33, 61, and 64. So they end up with pick 31, 33, 61, 64, 65, and 88. So, what do Essendon need? <laughs> You look really upset right now. <laughs> no, just I can tell how upset our cousin is about Mitch Brown, and I think, I oh, think some of the guys on Good Goodfoot yeah. were pretty annoyed about that too. Um, not annoyed emotionally. Emotional. Annoyed is an emotion. <laughs> no, no, he's genuinely thought he was going to cry when I was there last. Oh, yeah. well, I think he became a bit of a cult favourite. You know, kicked six goals against Adelaide. Yeah, I. Hmm. They're putting all their eggs in Stewart's basket and Joe Danaher being like, you know, all of a sudden a freak again. I mean, Joe Danaher, as good as he is and as many goals as he's kicked, he's probably missed 
a shitload. He's missed two years of footy. Because he kicks at 90 degrees. So, oh, as in not missed games, as in no, missed goals. missed goals. I think that was part of the injury issue, but let's not go into that too deeply because that's a whole other can of worms and Essendon fans are going to come out what, after. Playing with an injury and then not being able to kick straight. Correct. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, I still rate him, but that whole situation was awkward anyway. They hung on to him. Clearly, are they still then going to... T- like, they already said, they shot themselves in the foot a little bit. They already said, there's no good key position forwards in the group, in the draft, whatever. So, if they were to draft a key position forward, it'd kind of be like, <laughs> ouch. You know, like well, whoever they pick up is like, thanks, guys. I think the issue with Essendon, and this is going to ruffle a few feathers, the issue with Essendon is that... What? This could just this could go anywhere. <laughs> the issue with I've heard this. I think most Fox Footy articles for the last ten years have started with. I the, think issue the issue with Essendon is, um, they they're a bit like St Kilda. I think they're overestimating what they've got, and this whole we're within the Premiership window, therefore. Um, we won't trade for picks. We only trade for players. Type thing. Well, has shown that they're overestimating what they've got. Well, as Sam McClure likes to point out, if you're in the eight and playing finals, you're in the premiership window. They were by far the worst uh, finalist this year. Considering they are having a hard... Look, again, not trying to be too harsh to... There's a lot of teams that struggle and whatever, but I think considering their record with finals lately... (laughs) Lately? You mean the last 10 years? 12 years? 14 years? Yeah, well, still, I'm a Melbourne fan. I would rather have seen them get to the finals and then, you know, crap out than just flounder at the bottom (laughs) for years and then be like, yeah, two massive wins and then shit the bed again. So, um, look, they need... I think they need a magic wand. <laughs> yeah, truly. I think they need pressure in the forward half of the ground because their star players in the forward half of the ground aren't tackling players. Was... They're not pressure players. The only one really is Tipper. Was... But Fantasia's not a tackler. Um, no, he'll get hurt. Jake Stringer well, will not possibly tackle. That sort of stuff, I think, is an issue, retaining the ball in their it's forward weird. half. Stringer's a weird one. He's a, he's a, He looks like a crazy, like... Yeah. He's a frighteningly large dude, and I say frightening because if you've ever seen his face, he's frightening. But he plays like a small forward where he wants to sit out the back, and and then all of a sudden he remembers that he's huge and comes in and takes a massive contested mark. So he's a bit of an enigma or so. He does kick a lot of goals, though. If you get Danaher right, they're kicking goals. Their forward line doesn't look like a problem. I think their back line is going to suffer. Hurley can't hold down the fort forever and be their best outlet kick. They're relying blokes to run off the back line like McGrath and Saad and McKenna. Yeah. At a certain point, those blokes are not going to be able to beat blokes like Tom Hawkins. You know, are they just expecting that they'll smash goals to the point where it doesn't matter how many are coming back the other way. Well, that seems like I the think, game I style think that we're going for. their defence is what they're going to have to focus on. But who retains the ball in their forward half? They Andy? don't ha- Or does he... Do they just get rid of him? Yeah, he's retired. Yeah, well... Like, Tipper's the only real tackling player in their forward half. Oh, uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, String is very aggressive, but again, he he's not the ball-winning tackle type. He's the give-me-the-ball type. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I still think that their mids and forwards are tough enough to try and win and retain the ball. I just think that they need someone other than Tipper that can lay a tackle to turn the ball back over in the forward half. Yeah. Yeah. Because the other, I think Anzac Day was a good example of it's it. Interesting though, because like I only ever hear people critiquing their midfield, like, but because their midfield thought, can't kick. I thought the midfield's still pretty good though. It's good, except they just can't kick. Mm. So that's why they need someone that can tackle, so they well, can get it back when it's in the forward half when they've turned it over. I mean, are they just gonna? I mean, yeah, I don't see them going to the draft for that. They're just gonna do what they have been and probably. Try and trade a bloke in next year, and then they'll be middle of the road again. Well, you might be They might be clever with the supplemental period or the rookie draft. Yes, they're not clever. They haven't necessarily shown to be. <laughs> Should we stop knocking us and move on to Fremantle? I so don't, don't see them like dropping off massively, and I don't see them being able to resolve anything really with the draft or the supplemental period. I mean, no. they could be the kind of blokes to cheekily grab someone like Partington. Mm, maybe. You know, he just won the best player in South Australian League. And he was wrestling. A, yeah, that was interesting. Quite a good inside mid who's apparently faster now than he was when he was drafted. So, I mean, why not be clever and pick blokes who have matured a little bit and are willing to fight for another opportunity? Why the hell not? Yeah. I mean, I can't... I don't, I, you know, I don't. I don't necessarily... I mean, I think there's a plenty. There's plenty of mid-sized blokes who would love an opportunity to like be they those need... tenacious. I mean, I could see them picking up like like Ned Cahill. But but Essendon need a okay. I keep saying a pressure forward. What they need is a workman-like player. They need a player that desperately wants to be there. Maybe isn't the most talented, but will work his ass off. That's the type of player they need because they've got too much of the other type. Yeah. Well, if they Honestly, if they think that the position they're in is no, we need to be moving up the um, up the ladder with the blokes we've got on the list, especially the way they've traded. Well, that they're in the premiership window. Well, then the ideal candidate would be a bloke like Partington. Blokes who've been on a list, didn't get the opportunity, busted their ass at state league, mm. proved how good they are, won accolades. He's twenty two now. He's got a bigger body. As I said, he's developed himself enough that he's even a little bit quicker or whatever. I mean, I think they're more likely going to be drafting blokes like that or blokes from, say, yeah, state leagues who look like... If we need someone to jump in, we need a bloke that's going to be... Not like... At 31 and 33, if you're drafting blokes, likelihood is that they're not stars. Yeah. You know, at that stage in the draft, they haven't starred at any sort of national level yet. So if they don't think they can afford to take their time, get a bloke that's seemingly ready-made. Yeah, that's a good point. Or at least a bit closer to it. So, you know, they might be clever. They might be clever. We'll see. Mine would be a first time. (laughs) Should we move on to Freo? clever enough to, you know, talk out of my ass to get through this thing. So (laughs) if I can do it, they can. (laughs) So, Fremantle, they've had a lot of movement as well. So, Ed Langdon and Brad Hill have both been traded out. 
Aaron Sanderlands has retired. They've delisted Hugh Dixon, Tom North, Hayden Valentine, Harley Bunnell, Scott Jones, Shane Kirsten, and Ryan Nyhouse. I can never say his name. Um, also, pick 26, future third, and a future fourth. In comes Blake Akers from St Kilda, James Aish from Collingwood. Um, pick 10, pick 22, pick 58, pick 69, pick 79, a future second, and a future third. Um, so they're 2019 picks. Going into this draft, pick 7, 10, 22, 58, 69, 79, and 83. So they've set themselves up that they're going to the draft and they're going for youth, effectively, with the way that they've traded and, and dealt with this offseason. Um, I think they need outside runners. I think that's the biggest thing for them. Clean ball use, outside runners, because... They lost two of their best, well, well, most prolific runners. And most effective ball users as well. Mm. Other than Walters, those two guys, Langdon and Hill, were the most important in terms of the game style where they were winning games. Yeah. So we saw Freer this year when they were um, playing well and we saw them winning games and smashing teams. It was them getting the ball on the outside and long kicks inside 50 and using foot skills to do it that way. When they were losing games, they were trying to do the contested game and it just wasn't working or that rebound, rebound off defence. Mm. Don't forget, though, they will be playing probably, I mean, and it, time will tell how much, but they will be playing a different style. Yes, and that's why I think because going to youth... obviously Ross is gone. Yeah. So, and he typically, he typically liked to just make sure they weren't losing, like bleeding goals out the back. Or he wanted a so, defensive game, and that's when they yeah. were poor to watch. But I think they definitely need outside runners because realistically, they've gotten two guys in that aren't known for their foot skills, and they've lost two guys that are known for their foot skills. Yeah, and they're also not particularly prolific runners. No. So, um, all right. Well, luckily they have uh, one of, one of what looks like the best draft hands. That's true. I mean, you can't fill a shitload. Of, you can't fill four spots and pay enough attention to like all the blokes to just get them all superstars. But seven, ten, and twenty-two are some of the best positions. Yeah. To be in, I mean, they've got Liam Henry as well. By the way, as the academy, and even if he gets, so can you tell us a bit about Liam Henry? Oh, super switched on. Apparently, he brought a notebook into all his interviews with questions that he should ask them. Awesome. And also was just trying to understand, well, what do you want me, what would you want me to be, you know? Because at the moment, I do a bit of everything, but blah, blah, blah. He, he, he's, he's very determined to play AFL. He's very bloody good. Him and Keziah Pickett are two of the most electric small forward types. And also, they're some of the quickest small forwards. Yep. You know, so... Um, Chances are they're going to get there. He, I mean, he he couldn't be dissimilar stature to like Bradley Hill or so, but he's a different player to be honest. He's more of a the kick and goals up forward type, um, but uses it well. They're going to get him, even if anyone else bids on him. They've got enough picks there that they can get him and still get another top ten pick. Yeah. So they've already got. But if they if they work it right, they could they could essentially come out of this with ten top fifteen, uh, three top ten or fifteen picks. Like they've got a good hand, and they've got the academy bloke. Yeah, they've got some runs sorted with Henry, and they've got like the goal nows. Um, I don't know. I mean, what's what do you think their inside mid situation is like? Because Devin Robertson is, even though his uncle's Darren Glass, and 
Oh. Yeah, and he's probably a West Coast fan. He he was the captain of the WA side. Yep. And he's the, I think Sam Walsh broke the record for most possessions in that four, is it four games or so, that carnival yeah. last year? Or he just broke the record this year? Admittedly, he's not like the cleanest by foot, but good hands, super strong, played through a subluxation on the shot. So, like, he basically dislocated and relocated his shoulder in about two seconds flat and then played the rest of the game without telling anyone because he didn't want to leave the field. He thought it would be a bad look and he didn't want to stop. So you could see him in the vision of, like, that game. Happens in the second quarter. He looks really sore. And then by the third quarter, he's, like, he's absolutely going out, like, guns blazing. Courageous, you know, pays less attention to the opposition coming at him more like where the ball's going. Yeah. He's just, you know, he's just a tough, super good leader uh, from all intents and purposes is like one of the best leaders at, at underage level or so. Um, I I don't know why you would go past him unless Jackson was there and they wanted that as well, because I think that they'd be interested in Jackson, obviously mm. they've had a suit. They've had an amazing ruck there for years. They don't now. So yeah, yeah, that's a good it's point. It's interesting. I mean, they got seven and ten. If they don't have to use either of those for Henry, chances are they're going to pick up Robertson and they're going to try and get Jackson if he's there. If Jackson's not there, then I don't know. There's anything they could do with yeah. those early picks. Even at 22. Even at 22, you've got you know, really good. And even, like I said, Jeremy Sharp before, uses the ball really well. I mean... There's a, there's a lot of WA blokes, and if they're concerned about any sort of go-home factor, this is the year to pick to have those picks because mm. the WA blokes this year look really good. So Yeah. Um, you, you asked earlier about their inside midfield situation. There's been a lot of talk about um, Brayshaw and Chera finally getting inside mid-time, mm. um, which I think would is, is really beneficial to learn from David Mundy while he's still there. Absolutely. Um, he's terrific. Yeah, so that they can kind of seep as much from him as they can yeah. before he moves on. But as you said, Brayshaw's been playing on a wing and so, so, so you're is right. Ch- and Chera's been playing half They back. may want to fill those positions on the outside. Well, at 7-10, there's a bloke I think should be going in the top five or he's desperately what someone like Melbourne wants. But there's a bloke from South Australia, Dylan Stevens, Looks like a jet. He's drawn a lot of comparisons to Josh Kelly or yep. Andrew Gaff in just the the running ability he has, and he likes to stay on the outside. Yeah. Played played senior um, Sandfall as well, and he's a goal-kicking mid who loves a run. And, so he could be perfect oh, for that. Run right? and carry, good pace, reasonably good endurance, and has the confidence to kick goals and run around people. So I, I can't see... He's definitely gotten, He's definitely not going past Port's pick at twelve. Yeah, yeah. Which means they're going to have to think about taking him there if they want the run. Yeah, that's a good point. Not only that, I mean, um, Lockie Ash is seen as a defender, but there's absolutely no reason why he couldn't be a winger. Mm. He runs in a really frenetic style, but. <laughs> He's actually quite a good user of the ball as well. I mean, if they want the run to replace who they lost... And that's the thing, yeah. There are a number of blokes that they're lucky enough that they've got the early picks that they can sort that out. Um, again, because they're draftees, I don't know that they're going to slot in straight away to fill... And how many blokes can fill the roles of Ed Langdon 
and Bradley Hill, you know. And if if Brayshaw has been on a wing and is moving inside, that's another outside position yeah. fill. That means there's three. Although I think he's less likely to be moving inside just yet because they lost that outside. So that, so yeah, they're an interesting one, but they're in a very very good position. Very- I think with the with the way that they've played this they are looking for immediate impact young players. Yeah, and luckily with two top 10 picks, they're going to get at least one bloke who can make immediate impact. Yeah. Um, Akers and Aisha also, guys. So I think Aisha is the kind of player that can replace Brayshaw if Brayshaw does move He wouldn't inside. be the worst bloke to put on a wing either. Well, like he's he, a halfback kind of... He's got a lot of running capacity, but yeah. just probably not run and carry necessarily. No, but that's... But Chera and Brayshaw weren't doing a lot of that anyway. Mm. Um, should we move on yeah. uh, to Geelong? Oh... Interesting. So, out goes Wiley Buzzer, who was delisted. Jordan Cunico, Jermaine Jones, Scott Selwood, Lockie Henderson, all delisted. Ryan Abbott and Oscar Brownless have been delisted as well, oh, but, but they're, they're going the to be one, re-picked yeah, up. Yeah, they're the two they said they'd pick up if they were there. And yeah. they're likely to be there, right? Um, Tim Kelly and Zach Smith both traded. Uh, pick oh, yeah. 57 and a future third both traded as well. In comes Josh Jenkins, Jack Stephen, pick 14, 24, a future first and a future third. So they go to the draft with pick 14, 17, 24, 36 and 83. Arguably this... Okay, so in terms of how impressive draft hands look on paper, it's clearly Gold Coast first. Yeah. Like 1, 2, 15, 20. Frio's got 7, 10, 22. Geelong haven't had a really high pick for years. And now they've got 14, 17, 24, 36. Mm. They could work wonders at this draft, especially because, as far as I've heard, pretty much 20 onwards seems to be remarkably even, or like 20 to 35 or 40. It's, It's anyone's guess where those blokes get picked. It's probably more likely to be, you know, depending on just how the team goes. So... They could work wonders with this. Mm. Stephen Wells Stephen Wells had said, though, that they are looking to get even higher. And they have the picks to package. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see who they deal with. I don't see Carlton trading out. Melbourne, because they have two top ten, could afford to do that. But it just makes you wonder, like, okay, what are they going to do? Eight for 14, 24 or something? I don't know. Like... It's yeah. hard to tell. I don't think they're going to take those picks to the draft. I think they're going to move some. I That's think they'll. I definitely think that they'll be able to get higher. Okay. And I wonder if it isn't Adelaide that they deal with, so that Adelaide has another one or two opportunities, so they could take what twenty eight, twenty three, and maybe two more around the twenty, like two, uh, maybe Geelong's. 36 and 17 or something like that, maybe even 14. Mm. I, I can just see Geelong being very crafty with the picks they have to get a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They're clever blokes down at Geelong. They know how to recruit well. They've got a really good hand. I don't know why you would have gone gangbusters to force the Eagles to give you a hand like that and not have traded them for futures if they were more interested next year. Well, they do have their future first. Well, yeah, they've got that. But uh, looking at how many they've got, and, you know, four in almost the top 35, it, I can just see them being more clever than just, you know. Go with that. I mean, but then again, they might just pick up four blokes and go, let's see what we can do. Because I don't think a lot of their a lot of their stars over time have not been super high picks, have they? Stevie Johnson was a pretty late pick. Broke both his ankles. Can't imagine Harry Taylor was a really high pick because they've they've been in that period where they're not getting the 
Well, them, Hawthorne and so Sydney they're probably are the So they're probably clever enough to pick the right blokes at those and make it happen. So, yeah. I don't know. Geelong, for me, I'm super interested. Super what interested type what of player doing. do you think they need to target? I think they want a defender. Mm. They, lo- they got rid of Lockie Henderson. Harry Taylor's almost done. They might want to get a bloke like um, Cooper Stevens or Josh Worrell or... I don't know. I don't know. I could see them... I could see them getting... Actually, um... Is it Will Day as well, the the cousin of Sam Day? I think I mentioned him before yeah. that um, Brisbane might be interested. Yeah, uses the ball well, and he's he's light. But to learn from a bloke like Harry Taylor, who's never been a really heavy set bloke, mm. um, teach you how to be smarter about it. If he takes time to put on size, they've got time for that. Yeah. Um, there's a bloke, I think it's Sam DeConning. He's, oh, two, yeah. he's 200 centimetres. He looks like a ruckman. But he plays as a marking defender. Okay. Could be a really handy bloke. And they could they could make him more versatile in terms like they could utilize him at not only in a ruckish position, because he's he's got to be capable, but as he, he's he's played as a defender a lot as a junior, takes a lot of marks. He'd be a great player to have. So I I'd be interested to see. Yeah. I I think they probably want to sort out a ruck thing, but they're probably not in early enough to get Jackson. I don't, so. I don't think Chris Scott cares about rucks. Well, he loves to play with no ruck against the best ruck in the league. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe he just didn't back the ones that they had in enough. Maybe he just didn't respect what Brody Grundy can do. Anyway, I think. Uh, well, if if that's right though, and Brody Brody Grundy taught him a lesson, then they might be looking to get. Chris Scott they doesn't respect rucks. They are just... Short man syndrome. They're a team with good picks that has proven to be very clever. Yeah. So they are some. They are one of the more interesting clubs for me to watch at the draft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that maybe they would be worth them looking for or I would be interested in them looking for would be a real hard tackling midfielder, a defensive midfielder, because notoriously their midfield doesn't have much of the that. Midfield's... Mitch sort of Duncan is kind of too, isn't it? Yeah, like, Mitch Duncan's kind of the only one that does tackle. Scott Selwood was the other guy, but he's been delisted I think now. Joel Selwood tackles as well, but he's but more out on the wing. I think they need it, and and Charlie Constable could be that so guy. You're inside mid, inside kind of tackling, going. maybe a guy that can tag when he needs to, like a George Hewitt type player. I think that's the type yeah. of player they need to add to that midfield mix. Well, um, I mean, considering fourteen, seventeen, twenty-four, so. There's a bloke, Miles Bergman, who was apparently a bolter. Okay. Got a massive kick. Probably the longest kick in the crop that I've heard. Um, good overhead. Got X factor. Needs to be a bit more consistent, apparently. But, you know, you've got a forward flanker or so. Um, I, I, for some reason, I think that they'd be interested in those slightly taller blokes with good foot skills. Mm. Um, but you're right. Because of the state of their midfield, maybe they've. I mean, but that's the best thing about it. They could pick up the super tall blokes to try and work down back, and they can still get a bloody good inside mid mm. with what they have. Yeah. Yeah, really, really interesting draft hand there. Should we take a quick break uh, before we move on to the Suns? Yeah, sure. We'll be back in a moment. Okay, we are 
back talking about trade period, all that jazz, and then looking forward to the AFLM draft, outlining what sort of players we think clubs should be going after. And we are up to the Gold Coast Suns with their nice little assistance package from the AFL. Yeah, the Gold Coast Suns are up their armpits in friggin' assistance. (laughs) So... Out of the club in this trade period, Tom Nichols and Michael Riscatelli have both retired. Michael Riscatelli has actually retired this year. Yeah, I was going to say, um, he retired like twice already. <laughs> Callum Archie has been traded out. And Jack Leslie, Connor Nutting, Brad Shear, Aaron Young, Braden Crosley, Harrison Wig, Jack Martin and Josh Schoenfeld have all been delisted. They've also traded out pick 58, their future third and their future fourth. In comes Brandon Ellis through free agency. They've also got Hugh Greenwood and Zach Smith in through trading. And they've also got a future second and a future fourth in. So with their assistance package and all those trades and all of that stuff, um, they go into the draft with picks 1, 2, 15, 20, 78 and 90. Alexander's rolling his eyes. Um, I think... um, I think Gold Coast need to go after some clean ball users across the half-back line because they are constantly under so much pressure there. And we saw Darcy McPherson this year really come into his own and become a player like that. They need a few more guys that can cleanly use the ball under pressure there. But I also think they need some pressure forwards to retain the ball inside 50 Mm. and also a development ruck under wits. So those are kind of the three areas I think are the biggest priority for them. And then it kind of goes down from there. Well... Uh, what do you think about one and two? Is it literally cut and dry, Rowan and Anderson? Are they that desperate to just lock down like, I think, two inside mids? And... Well, those two guys are the most talent in the in the draft. They're also best mates. So yeah. add them to Rankin and Lukosius being best mates last year going up and Ben King signing on. That gives you five young players, hyper-talented young players that are more likely to stay, either because they've already signed on or they're in a pair so they're less likely to want to go home. Yeah, but part of the problem they have with retaining players is that they're willing to just let them go. No, but I think... The... And they and they, they let them... Like, you talk about they need defenders. I think they need administrators because they clearly do not know how to manage a club. Well, I think it's it's definitely changed in the past two years with Stuart Jew there. Yeah. Admittedly. And I think you can definitely see a culture forming there. Um, I mean, last off-season when Ben King got his... VCE or whatever it's called, results. It was VCE. It's a VCE in Victoria. I live in Victoria. I know that. I just thought it had changed. Anyway, off topic. Um, the way they got around him because he got a really high score and stuff like that, like that was something that at the Suns would not have happened two years prior. And it sounds like such a small thing, but they seem to be forming a really tight-knit young group there. And David Swallow and Jared Witts are really positive leaders. So I think it's just a few other things that need to go right. And this year... The the issue for them, I think, more than anything else, was fitness and keeping guys on the field. And they weren't the only club to have that problem. Mm. I think if you can change that, plus get in two super talented young guys who are best mates, so they're happy to be there together, and then you get Rankin in after missing his first year through injury, that's a completely different side to what we saw this year. And they, they've got spirit, they've got heart, they they are enthusiastic. They're just falling away late in games. And I think a few of those tweaks, they last a bit longer, they last a bit longer, and then they become a powerhouse side. So it's just, we just need to give them a chance with this second kind of refresh. 
with Stuart Jew there, young guys that actually want to be there. Mm. And I think that goes back to picks one and two, Raul and Anderson. Okay. Well, with the with the hand that they have, one and two, obviously, you've written off as Raul and Anderson. Well, obviously, Anderson's a bit more versatile. He's a goal-kicking mid. who's just got an extra 10 kilos and 10 centimetres on Raul. Raul is a freak, though. Is yeah. anyone, anyone who saw him in the under-18s, oh, oh, my God. He's, he's going to be their inside mid for 10 years, probably. But he's the, the kind of... But Anderson, at least, has that versatility to play on the like the half-forward line, which means... Which, obviously, with their mid at the moment, if they're going to bring them in next year, they're going to be able to bring in another bloke who can kick goals. Um, they're obviously both amazingly good. But Raul can do that, too. So, you know how we often have that he's conversation... A, he's a good user, and he's a good user going inside 50. So, I can't really see him being as versatile and playing anywhere but the middle of the ground. No, but you or, and I often the ground, have the conversation play. about every or most good teams have a mid big bodied midfielder that can go forward and have an impact. So it's Luke Parker or it's uh Jack Zebel or it's Chris Patrick Petrarca. Dangerfield or it's Nat Fife. You know those does that stuff. Raul, Mundy does that stuff. The Raul is that player. So he can go not, forward and have an impact. He's not big enough to go forward. He will and, be though. Yeah, but he's only like he he's not quite six foot. So Luke Parker's see, not that tall. But his contested and aerial work won't be that he'll be able to dominate a like if they want the inside mid that's gonna go forward, it's Anderson, unquestionably. He he's he's kicked goals on a consistent basis and he's played in more areas of the ground than Raoul has. So they're gonna they're gonna do that. But unless also, they get unless they get really creative and go, We're gonna take Raoul and Jackson or something clever like that, which is not going to happen, I don't think. They're just going to go for the combination that thinks has more longevity. Yeah, but also look at Rankine coming in and being an impact player in the forward line as well. So that kind of covers their bases a little bit yeah. that way, but I think definitely a, a pressure forward. It's just doing my head in that they're sh- and, and and there are other teams that have been there, but they're doing shit enough and they're managing themselves poorly enough that the AFL goes, well, we need to save our bacon here. And not only do they hand them the Darwin Academy access, which Melbourne had, they now say, well, you can sign any of those blokes without taking them in the draft, which, in other words, if you want them, you've got them, no questions asked, the other teams don't have access. We also are going to give you two ahead of the team that finished second last, instead of saying, we'll give you, like, ten or the one at the end of the first round or something, they've gone, you can have two as but well. But this is because... And not only that, you can have 20 as well. Like, how much... And not only that, they got the first pick in... The rookie. The rookie draft. It's like, how much do you want to hand a team that's been handed all this stuff and has not been able to put together a position where they can keep people interested enough to stay there? But this isn't about the Gold Coast. This is about the AFL. Well, that's what I mean. The AFL is trying to save their bacon. But, yeah, because they, they wouldn't stuffed have up to in the do first that setup. if the Gold Coast had, like, a little bit... Uh, yeah, but you just... I mean, you, you just trace everything back to the AFL doing a shit job. The way they set it up was poor. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, well, I think... Look, you're talking about the defence. Trent Rivers is a kid I've heard a lot about who's a, a tallish inside mid slash running, like coming off half-back. Good user of the ball, really good endurance. Where's he from? West Australia. Okay. West Australia. was quite good. It's quite good. He's likely to go between 10 and 20. Uh, um, or... 
if they get clever enough. Will Gould is one of the players that I've heard the most about and one of the players that I'm super keen to see because I've heard people knocking him because he's over 100 kilos, but he carries it pretty well. And I've also heard that he's dropped about six kilos or so since his combine testing because he's desperate to get drafted. He's South Australian, right? He's he's South Australian. Um, played senior Sandful with Dylan Stevens as well um, for Glenelg and won a premiership and took a lot of the Keithins again. Like so, he's a good user of the ball. He's very consistent. His endurance is not quite there, but is admitted like. You'd think already getting a little bit better. A um, couple of AFL pre-seasons, like, it's not like he won't be in really bloody good nick. Mm. Um, I think his projection early 20s is wrong. He's, I, I absolutely think that he's going to go before then. He's arguably one of the most um, one of the most decorated blokes in the draft in terms of, like, he's captained before he's been vice captain even as a like a 16 year old or whatever he's played forward he's won premierships in south australia they like he's almost like an underage god in south australia from what i've heard <laughs> and yet his biggest knock is that he's heavy yeah he's also 190 like if he if he just changes his shape like every afl player does with four pre-seasons he'll be a freaking golden god of any team's backline and he's unquestionably a future captain slash vice captain. Like, he's he's he will be in the leadership group somewhere. Well, leadership is what Gold Coast like need as well. He, him and Dylan Stevens are like a bit like um, Robertson and Jackson for WA or Rowland and Anderson. There's those two kids for each state that step up and lead the way. Yeah. And uh, he's one of them for South Australia. And arguably, South Australia is the best football state a lot of people would say Victoria, but South Australians. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Love their football for the AFLW. Outward, like very vocally, like aggressively. This guy, any team would be stupid to not pick him if he's still there from fifteen onwards. So, I mean, but that's unless they're desperate to get something more specific. Um, I mean, Gold Coast need leaders. Mm. They need strong defence. They need good ball users. They need consistent people. He's or, and he's already said that he's happy to go anywhere. He's lived away from home um, for years already, so he could probably quite easily slot into that. Yeah. Again, being 
being only 18, but he's already basically a career footballer, a, a environment of young, super talented footballers, he would absolutely thrive. I think that they're going to try and pounce on him if he's still there at 15. Absolutely. He sounds like a pretty exciting prospect, I think, um, for a number of teams, actually. Yeah. The way you've described him. Um, yeah. I could be completely wrong. Like, I don't really know what I'm talking about. I've only been reading and, like, hearing stuff from other people. But yeah. he is arguably one of the more exciting people in Yeah, to in keep that. an eye on. Yeah. And like Kaziah Pickett, everyone expecting him to go a bit... Like, I think they're going to be shocked with how, um, how important they are on draft night and mm. how many teams are scrambling to try and get into a position to grab them. Because, you know, there are a lot of clubs that need that kind of leadership he's he's shown i mean this is the kid that people drew comparisons or made comparisons with him and shannon hearn shannon hearn got a lot of knock for being a big guy who wasn't particularly locking down any one role or whatever and yet look at him what a great kid he's a premiership captain and arguably one of the blokes that everyone in the league would say i'd like to play with him in the back line two-time all-australian Absolutely. Yeah. Like, um, if Will Gould turns anything like turns into anything like that, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. He could if he if he literally slides because of how big he is, a club's gonna get an absolute bargain. Yeah. An well, absolute bargain. Look how big Heath Grundy was. He Heath was Grundy was a champ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely. Mr. Grundy. Consistent. Truly. And super durable. Would always kick a one ball out Excuse of bounds me. on the full each week. Yeah, well. <laughs> Should we move on to the Greater Western Sydney Giants? Yeah, I'm done with Gold Coast. <laughs> um, so, out of the Giants, Adam Tomlinson via free agency. Jonathan Patton and Aiden Bonner both traded out. Brett Deledio and Dawson Simpson both retired. Yeah. Dylan Buckley, Tom Sheridan, Zach Sproul and Jake Stein all delisted. I think Sproul and Stein are going to be picked up again. I would have thought Tommy Sheridan's shown enough that they might take another punt if they've got a spot there for him. They've got some late picks where they might decide to go, yeah, let's have another round. I think they have the intention of picking up two or three of those guys again, though. I suspect they probably would. Um, I mean, they've got, what, 60, 80, 94 to end. If there's nothing there on the board, they'll just pick up blokes that they know what they're already doing, probably. I don't know. Um, They've traded out pick 12 and 18 and a future fourth. In comes Sam Jacobs via free agency. Um, They've traded in pick 6 and 59 and a future third. And they got pick 40 as a free agency compensation for Tomlinson. So... They go to the draft with pick 6, 40, 59, 60, 80, and 94. The big conversation with them is Tom Green, but I just don't know that they need another inside mid like that. That's the thing that I'm questioning. Well, he, for me, is actually quite interesting because I haven't heard... I haven't heard as good things about him as I have about, like... Raul, Anderson, even some of the other blokes in the top 10. From, apparently, he's like super strong, big guy, but he his tank is lacking severely, apparently, which could just be based on the vision people have seen and not like actually here. Because if you're in the inside the whole time, all right, maybe you don't have to run everywhere super hard. Yeah. He's not like an amazing ball user. He's, he's, he's a bit like a Clayton Oliver. He's a handball king, and he's just super Looks a strong. Bit like and doesn't Nobody can tackle him. But... He's always got people hanging off him. So he's not running and carrying particularly well. Yeah. And he hasn't got a, like a super laser boot or kicking lots of goals. He's just 
He gets the ball off the ground and he handballs it to the outside. Maybe they just go, he's good enough at that, that our outside players are good enough, it'll just smash people. Mm. Probably. I mean, if you if Josh Kelly never has to step into the bottom of a pack and can just... Lockie Whitfield as well. Well, if Sam Jacobs doesn't get the ball to Josh Kelly or Lockie Whitfield, then Green will. I yeah. guess that's the idea. Mm. Um, but, you know... Um, Quite a confident bloke, you know, could be captain or, or leadership material later. Um, yeah, it just seems really strange that they would be desperate to get that up that high because mm. they pretty much had him locked down anyway, I guess. Yeah. I mean, 12 and 18 are worth more points than six. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I don't know. It's just quite strange. Something going on. I'm not... Un- yeah, I mean... Yeah, maybe they just wanted six because on the night, maybe they can be a bit more creative if the bid doesn't come... Before, maybe they can afford to be more creative. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm not sure. It'll be interesting to I mean, see. The live, I mean, we've been talking a lot tonight. It's hard to take live trading into account, really, because a lot of clubs probably won't want to do anything un- until the draft is kicked off, in which case the points system probably won't look like, okay, like we said, 12 and 18 is worth more than six. But on the night, no, it's not. Because if a club wants a bloke in the top ten, they'll give up two picks mm. to get him. So maybe they maybe maybe they're just hoping that on the night it's more appealing. Mm. And other clubs will probably be looking at the same thing. So it's really hard to take the live trading into account, and it's hard to understand the bidding thing. So everything just is really weird, confusing. For me. They're just kind of strange. Um, I think th- other than that, a crafty halfback could be really beneficial because. We know Heath Shaw, he's not that young anymore. And we saw what Whitfield was able to do when he was up on a wing rather than off a half-back. So some sort of half-back, a good ball user, that can allow Whitfield to be a bit freer further up the wing would be kind of beneficial, I think, for them as well. Probably, um, because otherwise Whitfield's going to have to play off half-back in order to get the ball... Which he's prolific at, but... To the people they want. Yeah, he's good at that, but I think he'd be more beneficial to the team if he could play a little bit higher up the ground. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, look, it's re- it's really hard to tell. Mm. It's really hard to tell. When you're dealing with picks, let's say that six gets used because of the bid, and f- and 40 even for the bid, maybe... Um, if even if even if they get to keep forty, they got forty, fifty, nine, sixty, eight. Like they're gonna have to get creative with blokes that late in the draft. And mm. like I said, with the way their list has been, they've got blokes drafted at eleven who can't break into the team. Yeah. So I can't really see them picking someone up at forty, fifty, nine, whatever that turns out to be a regular player for them. Yeah, they're more gonna pick and, up the old. Yeah, the guys and they're not they the kind of picks that you can package to get up a lot higher. No. So I, do, I really don't know what GWS. There's are something there though. They almost have a worse hand than Collingwood. There's something there. Um, should we move on to Hawthorne? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so out goes. Grant Birchall, free agency. They've delisted Caden Brand, Taya Miles, Darren Minchington, and David Mirror. Mark Pitney has been traded. Tim Moore, Jared Ruffhead, and Ryan Schoenmakers all retired. Pick 50 and a future second traded out. In comes Sam Frost from Melbourne. Jonathan Patton uh, from GWS. Pick 42, 54, and 63. So... 
they go into the draft with pick 11, 30, 42, 54, 63, 87, and 92. Do you want to know what something I've just realized there? 11 and 30 is the... <laughs> the numbers of the blokes they traded out. Uh, no, no, I don't think they are. What were you going to say? <laughs> 11 and 30 was the scoreline at quarter time. <laughs> um, at first qu- quarter time in the 2015 grand final between Hawthorne and West Coast. Sorry, I just thought of that then. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hawthorne. That was a special <laughs> stat. Out of left field. Um... I think Hawthorne need young small forwards that can really take charge of the forward line around Mitch Lewis and John Patton. I think they need those guys at the foot level because realistically, who are their small forwards? Puopolo, who I'm surprised got he another got, year. What, one year? Yeah. Who else are their small forwards? Roost. He's 30 and he's not really that small. Who else have they got as a small forward? I suspect there are people that we're just not aware of that that are on the list somewhere but haven't played a lot of football. But I mean, Taya Miles was yeah. kind of that guy. Yeah, I just feel like that mm. a small forward or two would go a long way for Hawthorne. They, yeah, they have done very well with small forwards normally. So, I mean, I'm not sure. There's a bloke, Elijah Taylor, who is apparently a lot of X factor. He's he's all he's one eighty six or one eighty seven he's not small mm. but he's slight and he's really agile. Yep. So he could play like a smallish kind of dude. Kicks goals around the corner and things like that. Um I'm hearing like X Factor, X Factor or whatever. And yet he's not um he doesn't seem to be a bloke that's projected to go particularly high, which yeah. means they could probably um, with eleven thirty forty two or so, they they could pick up someone like that. Mm. Hawthorne, I think you know Hawthorne have done well with blokes like Sam Mitchell was a pick in the late thirties. Um, Sicily was a pick fifty six or something. Um, they they've got a system where they can nurture blokes into a confidence that gets them a good uh, consistency. So maybe Sicily a little bit too confident. Yeah, well, that's arrogance <laughs> for me. That's just flat out, yeah, arrogance and pig headedness. But um, Undeniably talented, so yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Hawthorne—they're they, actually in a reasonably good position. Um, I've heard people saying that they should be looking at someone like Fisher McCasey. I've heard what? them say Mackesy, but it's M small C. I, I, it looks like McCasey. So if I get it wrong, sorry, bud. But um, but he's he's essentially like one of the better key position forwards on the list, and I don't know that they're going to be. I mean, they lost Ruffy, and Gunston's not getting younger. Potentially, if Tim O'Brien's not really cracking on. But, um, well, I mean, Lewis I think there. they've got a midfield group that looks reasonably good. I could see them targeting outside run, potentially a defensive area. Like, they might actually snag someone like Trent Rivers a little bit earlier at 11 for... Because not only can he play through the midfield or slightly outside, but... He's spent a lot of time playing off half-back and being an outlet sort of player and lo- even locking down medium-sized forwards. Um, it's hard to tell what they're going to do. Mm. Like you said, if uh, it seems like they're going to be targeting something to go into the forward line to help their goal-scoring power, in which case there are a number of um, small forwards, um, none of them being like super electric, I guess, 
Um, but around the 30 mark is where I think they're probably going to pick the forward bloke. Yeah. 11, I think they're going to have to target a bloke that's a little bit more of a better ball user, as they typically like to do. They have a father-son option as well, don't Finn they? Finn McGuinness. Uh, he's an inside mid with a really good tank. But, um, yeah, I don't know that people would be bidding before 11 necessarily. No, no, no. I think he's Not going a bit 11. later. I, I think people would expect that... He's pretty much got his heart, like, openly got his heart set on being a Hawthorne player. He seems like a really professional young kid. Definitely. His dad his dad was a footballer, played a lot of games for Hawthorne, obviously at least 100 if he wants to be father-son. So he must have taught him a thing or two about preparation and that. Yeah. And he's very dedicated. So um, really good endurance, had good combine testing and stuff. Yeah, um, I, yeah I don't see people trying to be clever and, and putting a bid on him before because no. there's other inside mids at that position that aren't father sons so unless you just want to force Hawthorne into a position but I just didn't. don't think it would be necessary no. I mean it'd be more likely that people would play funny buggers early to make GWS and Frio for Henry and Green have to use those early ones in the 10 because then it it means Sorry, we're getting off the topic of Hawthorne, but it's more likely that people would play funny buggers with those two because they've got top 10 picks. Yeah. It gets their top 10 picks out of the way and they know, oh, okay, well, that's Green and Henry. Now I've opened up two extra blokes that are projected top 15 or so that I can pick from. Mm. That's what's more likely. I think they'll get McGuinness and they'll get to use 11 on someone else. Like I said, potentially Rivers or McCasey, like a forward star. Yeah. But um, with 30 and 42, I definitely see Hawthorne picking up someone that could be like a bit of a project but coming quite good. Yeah. There's, again, there's a number of people that are very hard to place in terms of power rankings or something. Yeah. There's a lot of X-factor blokes, but they're not consistent. And, you know, you never know what's going to happen with blokes like that. Yeah, true. But I think definitely a small forward will be on their list. Mm, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Okay. We are up to Melbourne. This is going to be a big chat, but let me go through the changes, the list changes. I've drawn a blank. (laughs) So, out goes Sam Frost through the trade um, to Hawthorne. Jeff Garlett, Declan Keelty, Jay Kennedy, Harrison, Billy Stretch, all delisted. Guy Walker, Jordan Lewis, Corey Maynard, and Tim Smith, surprisingly. Guy Walker actually technically retired. That's what I'm saying, all retired. Yep, those four. Um They've also traded out pick 22, 42, 61, 79, a future first, a future second, and a future fourth. In comes pick eight, a future second, a future fourth, Ed Langdon, all through trades, and Adam Tomlinson through free agency. So they go to the draft with picks three and eight. And 97. (laughs) No. Yeah. 97 is their last pick. That wasn't anywhere that I could find it. Uh, uh, J- Jason Taylor himself had said, "Yeah, they've got 97 is their last pick officially." Okay. So, but I don't see Three them doing eight. a lot with that. And I mean, typically, typically there's only about 70 or 70 odd blokes that get picked up. So that 97 could come up a lot early, but it's still in the 70s already. Unless you're looking to redraft one of the guys you do. Well, that's that why I, I think they're happening. more likely to use that to try and get someone who, like, who may. Because I think there's probably still going to be blokes, like I said, uh, like Cody Hurst maybe. Mm. He, he, he will probably be in the draft, wouldn't he? I hope, I hope he Because he hasn't is. played a game, so he wouldn't have to go rookie draft or anything. They could, they could potentially go or try something like that. Um, I just, I don't know, I think it's less likely that they use it. Unless, you can use picks to elevate people to the senior list though. 
Yeah, see, I don't know about that. I'm confused by that. Well, they could if they want, because they got five people on their rookie list already. So if they want to go to the rookie draft and pick up Harley Bennell, they might want it. Maybe they could use that to up, like, elevate someone and then put two people on the. I don't know if that works correctly. Mm. I don't know how all of that goes necessarily, but. Um, Let's look at it all. It's interesting. They said they, they were interested in splitting three and they didn't find something that they liked. I mean, if you want to split three, what can you expect to get? This far out from the draft, it's more likely that clubs are going to look at the points value index Mm. and offer up accordingly. But, I mean, for example, I would have been happy with 12 and 18 from from GWS. Mm. That would would have been pretty handy. Like 8, 12, 18, they're not that far apart, so you know what's available and you can plan better. But you are getting out of an early position. And the last time they did that, they missed out on Josh Kelly. So maybe they're thinking, actually, we'll keep three and we'll try and split eight. And that's that's going to take a little bit longer because, like I said, the closer you get to draft night, the more valuable eight becomes. Yeah. So they could make... And I know GWS want another top 10 pick like they fucking need it. But they might say, all right, give us 15 and 20 and maybe we can get creative and get some other blokes there. Like, they've shown interest apparently in Kasai Pickett. He could still be there 20 or so. I'd like, I'd love for them to get Gould at mm. 15 if he's there. I'd love that. Um, three is tough. There's a lot of talk about how technically, because you can basically lock in that Rowland Anderson would be going to Gold Coast, it's almost like the AFL said, take two because we know what you should be doing with it. Um, that Yeah, three is extremely valuable. It's... It's essentially, um, it's essentially number one to a degree now that people have pretty much written the other two blokes off their boards. Yeah. Um, so I, I have, but there, yeah, I have Melbourne needing a small forward, um, some outside run, and a small lockdown defender. Well, they've their movement in the trade period suggests that yes, they're looking for a small forward. Um. Doesn't matter what kind of small forward, just one that proves is proven to kick goals. Mm. Um, a lot of Melbourne fans talking about why'd they go after Elliot? He's not even a crumbing forward. Who gives a fuck if he crumbs or not? He, he kicks, kicks goals, goals and he takes high marks, and he's exciting. Duh, you know <laughs> our crumbing our crumbing forwards haven't typically been that good because our team is full of people that get the ball off the ground. Yeah. So your crumbing forward's not going to be the first bloke to get it. We've our twenty inside midfielders will do that first. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I definitely think Melbourne's desperate needs are good users of the ball and runners. Yeah. Whether they're running off the back line or running through the midfield is not the biggest issue. I yeah. mean, obviously, they got Langdon and they got Tomlinson. Now, Langdon's a good run and carry player. Tomlinson's not necessarily run and carry, but his running is super important. He covers the ground well enough that he can make a difference in terms of applying pressure and taking marks and stuff. Becoming an option. Oh, absolutely. Just the, just, I mean, both Ed Langdon and Tomlinson, I've seen them at times, they get rid of the ball and they run 100 metres just to get into space and get the ball back. Like, that, that massively improves your link play. Yeah. And that has been a problem for Melbourne. Their handball chains at times can look amazing, but they're really, it's a poor way to link... The, down the ground. Not you're, to get you're overexposing yourselves. Not so. to get too far into the weeds on this because we're talking draft and not oh, yeah. performance. But I think 
a lot of Melbourne's issues this year when it came to that sort of stuff was that the players weren't fit, they weren't conditioned to do that, mm. so they weren't able to do well, that. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think I told you before, I'd heard that Dave Misson had presented to the board, um, they were questioning the all of the um, criticism about their fitness, and he'd apparently said that last year... There were 33-odd players, it was about 33 players or so, that had completed over 33 sessions of pre-season each. Yeah. And that at the start of this year, not only was the pre-season shorter, and, but a lot of players had surgery, up to 12 blokes or so, that at the same stage of pre-season at this year, only 22 blokes had been able to complete 20-odd sessions. So that makes a big difference. And Darren Burgess has said that... Um, that was the first thing he looked to address when he got there. And even though he wasn't there last year, he's he's very confident that they're in better shape. Mm. Um, now, whether that means that they're going to come out of the blocks and regain 2018 form, I don't know necessarily that they're going to bounce back that strongly that quickly. But I definitely see them like fighting probably the bottom of the eight. They yeah. should be able to get back to like twelve wins at least. So um, they obviously have a team that knows how to win the ball. They have a team that knows how to kick the ball, but they don't have a team that knows how to kick the ball to players. Um, <laughs> two players' advantage at least. So the, the you have to have faith to a certain degree in in the players that are there, like like for example Wiedemann and stuff and stuff like that, um, and also. They drafted four blokes last year. So so you got Nitschke had a knee. He's unlikely to play. He's He's got to get back to that. He essentially didn't really get this preseason. But um, James Jordan and Toby Bedford mm. had... They played 22 games in the VFL. Toby Bedford, fun fact, cousin of Crystal Petrovsky, who has just been drafted for Melbourne go. AFLW. So that's a nice Not little bad, family eh? connection there. But they, and I didn't expect that, but they both played, they might have drafted five blocks. They both played 22 games yeah. and built a lot of consistency, doing quite well. Now, that doesn't mean that they're going to play this year, but it means that's some of the best signs of development we've had in a long time. Tom Obviously, Sparrow Marty as well. Hall, walk-in favourite of the back line. <laughs> Bailey Fritch, walk-in forward. Like he, he, hopefully, if he spends time in the back line this year, I'm going to tear my hair out because... They, they don't need him there anymore. It's just such a shame the... to consistently pick blokes that are clearly built to do... Like a really good job at a specific, like a role. Like he's a he's a high flying forward who kicked goals for Casey all year, and like when he played VFL, and they were like, "Yeah, sorry, buddy, we need you on the back flank." You know? Sounds like someone else, doesn't it? Yeah, it's doing my head in. So, who does it sound like? Jeremy Howe. Yeah, <laughs> um, Tom Sparrow is another um, one. Tom Sparrow, midfielder he had as well. The knee injury, but he got to debut, and uh, he'll he'll he's just going to be another inside mid though. So even if he comes along well, he's a bit more of the same. So. Expect expect them to not necessarily get what you think they need because they're going to get creative with the plays they have and spreading the roles around. I definitely think that at three, Hayden Young and Dylan Stevens and Lockie Ash probably um, are the biggest percentage chance. Yeah. Although they have expressed their desire to get Luke Jackson. Which seems crazy to me. I don't know about crazy, but just interesting. I think they would be the kind of team to draft him with the hopes of getting him games as a forward 
develop his forward craft through experience, but develop his ruck craft through the training program with mm. Greg Stafford and Gorney and Prusy. And Lauren Pierce. Absolutely. She's a, she, what a champion. Mm. One of the VFL's best, like the VFLW's best. Amazing. She's a champ. Look out for her that. next AFLW season. She's going to destroy some people. But that's what I see as being interesting. Um, what they do with three. If they okay. do trade eight to try and improve their, like to get say, two between 10 and 25 or so, it'll be very interesting. They're easily going to get good players. I almost would like to just see them take three and eight, though. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's just hard because, like, they've had two top 10 picks on numerous occasions. Like, they drafted Jimmy Tumpus. Now, that's not necessarily their fault or Tumpus's fault, but that didn't pan out and it was brutal. Um, they drafted Wiedemann and I... Th- just have faith, but everyone's giving him shit already, saying but it's an he's injury. never going to get anywhere. No, but that, so that's an injury thing. Like It's this frustrating. Is... They, okay. they tried to split before, and like I said, they missed out on Kelly. Now, they copped shit for that. They tried to do the right thing at the time and turn it into um, more because they needed more. But this time, I think they're going to be saying, let's take the opportunity to hopefully get Two future stars. I think they're smarter now than they were as well. Yeah. So, um, and and if you still think that run and carry and um, ball use, like good decision making and, and elite ball use is what they need, they're most likely to go after blokes, yeah, like Hayden Young, Lockie Ash, Dylan Stevens. Okay. They've shown interest, though, like I said, in Luke Jackson. And Jason Taylor himself brought up Brody Kemp when he was on road to the draft. So, I definitely see him having interest there. He also said he tried to get a player to play at state level, but it didn't eventuate. And Brody Kemp actually was injured before he had a chance to go and play at state level later in the year. So it could have been him that he was talking about. They, um, if they split the picks, though, uh, to get a little bit later, I could see them going after blokes like Pickett, Gould, or, say, Waitman. Waitman's a bit of an excitement machine and um, has that bit of mongrel bastard about him that the debrief guys like to crap on about so um yeah I, I i mean there's a lot that they could do they're in a they're in a good position and it's just a difficult one i think to play right because one last question before we move on from melbourne yeah about time. who do you want them to take at number three who would you like to see them take at number three um I would you can take, only say one person i would take dylan stevens dylan stevens at number three yeah Okay. I mean, obviously Hayden Young's expected to go three. He's tallish sort of defender with a really bloody good kick. But Dylan Stevens is a really bloody good kick who has the confidence to run around blokes, carry the ball through the ground and kick goals. And he's also expressed the desire to turn into an inside midfielder later on, mm. which we clearly know Melbourne fucking loves. Yeah. So if I was Melbourne, I would say let's... Let's risk not getting the bloke who kicks it beautifully off the back line and we'll go with the bloke that could be Josh Kelly 2.0. Yeah. I think that's a more important... Even if he doesn't... Uh, even if people think they're wrong, it doesn't matter. You've got to pick what you think. I don't think they're thinking along the lines that I am, but I would definitely go with Dylan Stevens. Cool. Should we move along to the North yeah, Melbourne definitely. kangaroos? I've said enough, I think. No, no, that's okay. Um, so, North Melbourne... Out goes Nathan Rovat, Declan Watson, Tom Wilkinson, uh, Red Og Murphy, and Tom McKenzie, all D-listy. Yeah. Uh, Irish guy. 
Uh. All delisted. Uh, Sam Wright and Scott Thompson both retired. Um, they've traded out pick eight to Melbourne and their future third. In comes Aiden Bonner um, from GWS in a trade. Pick 26, 50, future first from Melbourne, future fourth. And they go to the draft of picks 26, 27, 47, 50, 73, and 84. Um, I think they need transition players from mid to forward, kind of like I said with Collingwood. Um, but I also think they really need to look at defenders. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their defense is, defenders. is not deep at all. Um, and especially with Wright and Thompson moving on as well, they, they really are going to struggle for depth in defense. Absolutely. Do you think um, Gould could be a good one there? I don't think he'll be there. By 26? Yeah, I honestly think that he'll be gone before 26. Um, There's Dyson Hilda, for example, key position defender. Doesn't light it up in terms of physical attributes or so, but he's got the height and and size to play a key position. Yeah. Um, And he's quite good at rebounding, actually, apparently. Okay. So that... That could be really bloody good. Um, I think also it's hard to know what they might need. I think they've probably got they're probably quietly building a reasonably good list actually. Um, but I definitely think defence is what they're going to focus on. If if they're drafting, not just for a bloke they think has the best potential to have a long like longevity in his career and like one club player kind of thing. Mm. They're if they address a position, it's got to be the back line, I think. Has to be. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Their forward line's quietly getting there. Like, they've got Mackay and they've got Zerha even. Mason Wood's not lighting the house on fire, but he's still proven to but kick But when goals. he turns it on, he turns it yeah, on. Yeah, so I, I ben don't know. Brown. I just think that, the yeah, if they focus on something, it's probably going to be the back end of the ground. Yeah. Or, or maybe even um, not necessarily the position, but try and get a bloke that looks like he could be a leader and a bit of a cult favourite, like, um, like, um, oh, jeez, I've forgotten his name. The midfielder, number 10, what's his name? Ben Cunnington. Yeah, like Cunnington is. He's Who well, punches or, people? Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I That's can't the way say North I Melbourne like the do it, isn't it? a lot of the time, but there's always an opportunity to try and get a bloke who looks like he could be another cult favourite, mm. another clubman. And uh, they def- they definitely have a knack for like somehow hypnotizing people into thinking they're good enough to stick around for their whole career. So, no, I'm <laughs> on that note, no, I'm kidding. Um, let's take a quick break before we do the last few teams. Um, we'll be back in a moment. And we're back for the final part of our draft preview slash trade recap. Alexander's been singing a theme song for Birdie Beetle. <laughs> so we're a little bit um, out of it. But we are up to Port Adelaide. Do you not allowed to call Port anymore? Did you see all that? Um, yeah. What Koshy's was it? fucking insane. Well, what was it where like, don't refer to him as the Port Power or yeah. the Power. It's either... The Port Adelaide Football Club yeah. or Power. We're not allowed to call them Port. Yeah, no, I know. So we're going to call them Port. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you leaned in like Peter Hitchner. Like. 
This just in, giving Koshi the shits. Yeah, no, that was really strange. And also, um, the new design, some guy uploaded to Twitter like, hey. To Reddit. I released this design on Twitter for free. And they (laughs) seem to have just taken it and given me no credit slash money. Yeah. But also, when you put shit out there for free, people steal shit, so... It's interesting. As if, as if Koshi wasn't going to steal things. Koshi, He's an economist. He's all about mess. value for money. Slash using other people. Anyway, let's not get into that. <laughs> Slash using other people. <laughs> um, Billy Frampton, Dougal Howard and Paddy Ryder all traded wait, out. Wait, wait, wait. You don't want that to go out on air, do you? Koshi's a powerful man. Oh, I mean, come at me, Koshi. Powerful enough to remove the. <laughs> <laughs> to remove port. You can't just say port power? No, I don't think or you're allowed Adelaide to. Port Adelaide power? I think Port Adelaide power is okay, but you're not allowed to just call them port. What about power? I don't... Oh, maybe that's no okay. Th- as long as you don't accidentally say the power. The power. You got the power. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I got the power! <laughs> I have tears Look, now. Can you imagine if Koshi made the point where it's like, no, no, if the and power are ever... Right next to each other in anything that has to be removed. So you could just imagine like that song on the radio. Oh God, power! <laughs> Their whole theme song would have to change. Did he think about that? <laughs> <laughs> I've got power to win. It's like, what's that awkward pause? Koshy, it's Koshy. Yeah, he'd be like, did someone accidentally write fuck into the theme song and you had to censor it out after the fact? Oh my God. I don't know. It's, um... It's a weird way to rebrand. Like, most clubs, when they rebrand, they just go, hey, we've got a new look and a new coach or new T-shirts. And he was like, no, no, we want to be called the same, same, but different. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's what we could call them from now on. The same, 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 but different. (laughs) It's like in the late 90s slash early 2000s when North Melbourne demanded they be called kangaroos. And then they changed back to North Melbourne. Yeah, because they realised that people hit kangaroos in their cars a lot. Shh. Let's not talk I about I thought that. that's why they were called shin boners. Someone else rebranded and did the same thing, didn't they? Like GWS, where they were like, no, no, please, all caps. we are giants, all caps. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, they have giant stadiums Anyway, now. moving on from... Um, Look, a couple of birdie beetles in, and uh, you've only had we're one. Starting to get a bit loosey goosey. I've only had half of one. Oh, I've been trying to lay off the chocolate lately. Go for it. Um, okay, same, same, but difference. Have traded out Billy Frampton, <laughs> <laughs> Doodle Howard, and Paddy Ryder. Uh, they've delisted Matthew Broadbent, Cam Hewitt, Aiden Johnson, Kai Pudney, Jack Trengove, Boyd Woodcock, and Riley Grundy. But they're going to relist those two guys. Sam Gray is a delisted free agent that's moved on. Weird move. They've also agree. Um, they've also traded out pick ten and a future fourth, another future fourth. Um, they've got in pick twelve, pick eighteen, a future third, and a future fourth, all through trades. And Wiley Buzzer they've signed as a delisted free agent from Geelong. So they go to the draft with picks twelve, eighteen, twenty nine, sixty six, sixty seven. 68, 71, and 86. <laughs> I think they need a grunt forward to replace Sam Gray because he not only gave them scoreboard pressure but also just kind of a bit of aggressiveness across the forward line. They've got a lot of those big-bodied midfielders that they've relied on, but in terms of the forward line, Sam Gray was really important when it came to that. Um, I also think they just need young, hard-working talent 
to support the trio that they had come in this year and had an impact. So if they can get another one or two guys that can come in at picks 12 and 18 and have an impact like Zach Butters did, not necessarily like Connor Rosie, but like Zach Butters where played nearly every single game, was reliable, you knew what he could give you. If they can get one or two guys to do that, all of a sudden their trade period looks a little bit less dire. Okay. I think losing Dougal Howard was an issue. I think their willingness to let him go was a problem. Um, I also think Kane Corns' inability to understand who is Dougal Howard and who is Dan Houston is a problem as well, but let's not go into that. He's got a lot of issues. He's got a lot of issues, but he genuinely thought that Dougal Howard was Dan Houston. <sighs> Um, yeah, I think they really need to identify it. not necessarily parts of the ground other than a pressure kind of aggressive forward. Um, they just need solid, consistent young talent that can play 15 to 18 games in their first season and have a reasonable impact. Okay. That sounds very vague, I know, but they've, they've just got issues all over the ground except for maybe that inside mid-roll that they could just use the most talented player at whatever pick they've got. Okay, well, twelve and eighteen, um, and then twenty nine. Even that's pretty good um, in terms of medium forwards. Um, Dylan Williams is one I've heard a lot about. Is he from South Australia? No, Oakley Chargers. Okay. Okay, so um, really good leap, quite agile. Um, people sort of saying he could he could be anything. Mm. So um, hard to tell. One eighty six. He's he's reasonably good size. Um, apparently X Factor And has been a match winner before Okay So um, Could easily be a good option Projected between 50, 30-ish or so um, yep. Yeah Could be an option I mean I think um, I could I could absolutely see them Like if Stevens is on the board Why wouldn't you grab One of the top two South Australian blokes mm. Or Gould for example I've spoken about him a lot But if they're on the board the South Australian blokes, they got a lot of um, pride. They play for Glenelg and stuff like that, winning premiership. Like, I could see them being happy to stay there or so. Would they be interested in a utility to try and like do a West Offish type of thing? Well, even to replace Dougal Howard. They've lost three talls in Frampton, Howard and Ryder, so a tall player wouldn't go astray. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just interesting. Um in terms of like tall blokes and tall blokes that you could expect to be there, I'm not sure. Mm. It's it's hard to tell. Well, if there Gould, are a few blokes Gould that could, could slide. Could be that guy. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He he could easily turn into a forward. There's no denying that he could. He's got the desire to play and would take on any challenge. That's There's been no given. reason they couldn't use him in the back line. Absolutely. I mean, he could be the swingman. The only mm. difference is that he probably wouldn't have the sort of tank and wouldn't necessarily be as versatile as. Um, as Westoff, but how many blokes are, to be honest? Yeah. Um, I could even... I mean, I don't know. Their forward line's probably not that bad, but I could even see him taking a bloke like Waitman purely because even if he's not necessarily the bloke you think they need, he's he's done a lot of things that prove that he's got the desire to make a career out of it. Like, mm. he's taken extracurricular running sessions, he's done swimming, yoga, acupuncture, all different types of things to try and aid his recovery and development. He clearly is a bloke who is going to make a go of it. So it sounds like he's, he He'd be of... prepared to go anywhere, and even though at the moment he's pretty much only a crafty crumbing forward, um, or actually, he can... he People have 
said a bit Elliot-ish, because I've seen him take some hang- hangers in his highlight reels. So, um, but he'd be the kind of bloke that would put the work in just to try and get the spot. So if you want a bloke that might necessarily fill the need you think you have to fill or so, but he's clearly a kid that is looking at being a career, like a 12-year footballer at least. Mm. So would be a pretty good bet. Would that would absolutely be a pretty good bet. They've got the 12, the 18. Sounds like, like he follows in Travis Boak's mould where uh, they're uh, always trying to get better, always trying to get better. Well, what, yeah, well, why couldn't he then become a Boakish, like, sort of midfielderish kind of kind of kid, you know? Like, he just, uh, he just, he clearly has the desire to put in the work to try and make it happen and be a footballer. He's, he definitely wants to be a footballer. And he loves surfing. There's plenty of good beaches down in South Australia. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I could see them doing that. Like also twelve eighteen the Trent Rivers I spoke about before yep. WA or so but the slightly taller bloke who could lock down the medium to tall defense defensive role yeah. and then also push up into the midfield so that sounds like they've a got Google a lot Howard of good options they've got a lot of good options with twelve and eighteen mm. like I said I would have been happy if Melbourne traded into those two because they're in really good spots mm. one's closer to the back end of the twenty so your mind gets made up a little bit for you with who's gone beforehand. Um, but also one very close to the top 10 is really good position to be in as well. So totally. they'll, they'll be able to get two really good blokes out of that. Shall we move on to Richmond? Yeah. This will be a quick chat. Um, so out goes Dan Butler via trade, Brandon Ellis via free agency, Mav Weller and Sean Grigg both retired, Connor Manager, Callum Moore and Jacob Townsend all delisted. They got in pick 39 as a component. Station pick for, I don't know why I paused in the middle of that word, mm-hmm. for Ellis, and 56 um, traded in. So they go to the draft with 19, 38, 39, 41, 56, 75, 77, and 95. Um, I think they just need to look at the next layer of depth across the board. They're not going to be picking anyone that's going to have an impact next year. Yeah. But I think particularly small defenders, they just need to look at what sort of depth they can get and what sort of guys they can work on for one or two years that won't necessarily be yeah. playing senior footy. Oh, sorry. I should just quickly mention Port Adelaide have got a father-son potential in Jackson Mead, who's a oh, good true. inside mid. And um, I've heard Gould and Stevens refer to him as arguably the most professional bloke in the under-18 South Australian team. Oh, wow. So that's a good sign. Future leader potential. Mm. Um, as for Richmond, with 19... I could see them taking blokes like Bergman if they're available because they're slightly more versatile and they have that high marking ability. Yeah. Um, but the one that seems quite likely is um, Trent Bianco, captain of... Um, I can't remember if it was the one of the Vic Metro captains or the Oakley Chargers captain. I think it might have been Chargers or something. But um, he's a smaller bloke, just under six foot, but from all, um, from all accounts, elite disposal. Yeah. Like one of the one of the best kicks, he knows how to pick people out, and um, would be really handy with their game style in terms of moving the ball with very controlled, well executed possession down the ground. Mm. Um, but when they go through the middle, they just smash you open. So um, he's played defensive and he's played midfield. So I, I could see them basically going. Well, we lost a bloke like Alice who was actually quite useful. Depending on how prolific he is. There's no problem with a bloke that seems a little bit undersized or so. Mm. He's he's quite a good tackler or whatever. Um, but just super smart. Super smart, apparently. Obviously, leadership and everything. But gets a lot of the ball and uses it extremely well. Which I just think would suit their game style. And they don't mind playing small. 
Mm. They don't mind playing. Sport. Yeah, that's true. So he 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 sounds like it'd be a good fit. Um, they dropped Manager and stuff like that. So I wonder if they wouldn't think about um, adding sort of people with the potential, not necessarily defenders because their picks are a little bit later, but people with the potential to play at defensive. That's mm. why I mentioned maybe Bergman or something like that. Um, they. They've got 38, 39, 41. They'll be looking to get creative later with it. Mm. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. It would be interesting. They could even go for um, one of the less, perhaps less prolific in their underage years, but the key position players later in the draft because Rewalt's not getting any younger. And if Tazzy comes in, he's out. So, <laughs> so um, <laughs> no, I'd be interested. I think they would try and get a tall if they could with the later pick. Yep. It might take a little bit, t- bit of time to develop them, but they would certainly have to look at getting some players, um, potential future key position, especially, um, I think, defence. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Is the... It's interesting. They're obviously in a good spot, but yeah, with their picks being a little bit later, they'll get creative, and I, I can see them definitely trying to um, get some height going. Yeah. But um, as far as nineteen goes, unless someone else is available there, I think Bianca would be a terrific fit. I've heard good things about him. Awesome. Shall we go to St Kilda, who have had a very busy trade period? Yeah, they seem to have addressed most of um, what they thought they needed. So I don't well, know about them. I have opinions the about this. So out goes Blake Akers traded, Jack Stephen traded, Josh Bruce traded. They've delisted David Armitage, Billy Longer, Lewis Pierce, Bailey Rice. Billy Sam- Longer, former pick eight, by the way. Wow. Yeah. He barely played at St. Kilda. Uh, uh, Bailey Rice, Sam Rowe, Brandon White, Robbie Young, Paddy McCartan through those concussions, looking to get back into footy um, next year, maybe. Um, Jack Nunes, delisted free agent. They've also traded out pick 659, their future second, third, and fourth rounders. In comes Dan. <laughs> what? No, just this has got to be the weirdest one. I'm like. <laughs> Um, in comes Dan Butler, Bradley Hill, Dougal Howard, Paddy Ryder, Zach Jones, pick 51, and two future fourth rounders. So, they go to the draft with pick 51. Oh, a good fourth rounder. <laughs> so many fourth rounders. So many future fourth rounders. Yes. Um, pick 51, 76, and 82 is what they go to the draft with. They're clearly not that concerned about picking people up. No, they want to top up with senior players. They topped up with the senior players. Um, potentially will attack the draft next year now that they have the senior players on the list. I mean, they've only got future fourth, two future fourth rounders next year. Well, one, because they've yeah, traded one out. Yeah, but you never know what could happen in that time. True. I mean, so they could shit themselves and then appear, uh, apply for priority. So, <laughs> I mean, because no joke, Gold Coast has been down the bottom. St Kilda's struggled for a long time as well, and the AFL hasn't given them shit. But they haven't been bad enough. Well, oh... Sorry, should I should I have been worse? Yeah, tank, tank. Um, Come on, what? we can't all be Melbourne. <laughs> hey, they weren't found guilty of tanking. Sorry, but they were still Sorry. fine Only for fine it. Only fine for it. <laughs> um, Mel, uh, Melbourne, St Kilda, notorious for getting the type of players that almost fit their needs. You don't think these guys actually fit the needs? Okay, so this goes back to the Dan Hanabry one as well. And I love Dan Hanabry, and he was incredible at the Swans, and I was sad to see him go. But he's not a good ball user. And St Kilda, notoriously, are not good ball users. 
So, sorry, they're not not great ball users in front of goal. The rest is uh, not rest, great. Well, hey, but you know what I'm saying. And then they go and they get Zach Jones, who is not a good ball user. Oh, I'm kind of glad he's gone for that exact well, reason. Well, he can be though. That's no, the weirdest he can't. thing. He's a bit mercurial at times. He like nails it, and it's then, accidental. Well, yeah, I just think it's a bit more seventy thirty split. Bad, bad use. Seventy being the bad. Well, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Bradley Hill is kind of the only one who has elite foot skills that they've brought in. Elite running, elite foot skills. So they need to find, with these three draft picks, they need to find kids who maybe can't play next year but can at least hit targets because that's something that they barely have. Mm. Who on their list can hit targets? They've got Bradley Hill there now. They've got Seb Ross. And Rowan Marshall, who I fucking love. Well, that's... I mean, that might be slightly harsh. I mean, I think that there are definitely blokes on their list that, you know, will be fine. I mean, I don't think that that's their biggest issue. Their biggest issue is actually... I don't, I don't want to make it sound childish, but kick it through the big sticks. <laughs> you know, they were the worst team for conversion in front of goal last year. Yeah, by like eight percent or something. It's stressful. Imagine um, being a St Kilda fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> frustrating. Yeah, we have some friends but, that um, are. They're not the only blokes that get frustrated because uh, Melbourne like, fans. You introduced me as a Melbourne fan, so yeah, <laughs> that's what you are. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think they need to go after skilled players. They might not be the best runners. They might not be the quickest players. They might not be any of those things. But if they're skilled, they can work on the other stuff. Should we skip ahead to Sydney? Well, I don't think you've said enough about St Kilda, to be honest. It felt like you had more to say. Not really. I literally, my only okay, note for enough. them Let's is good on. foot skills with two exclamation points <laughs> and all in caps. Uh, it's going to be hard to get like really fantastic users at such a late stage. I think everyone is desperate for the good users. Mm. So most of them are probably going to be snatched up by then. They need to identify guys that can use the ball well. They can't afford to pick up more guys that are risky that way just because they're fast or just because they can run for a long time. Endurance I guess is the they word. just would have thought that you can teach a bloke how to kick, but apparently not. No. Anyway. Well, no, I, I do quite like Brett Radden, and I'd be interested yeah. to see how they go. For his sake, I hope they do well. Um, I mean, shouldn't they be looking at a ruck or something, though? No, Rowan Marshall. Excuse me, Rowan Marshall. Is that it, is it? Well, they Job got Paddy Ryder as well. Yeah, but Paddy Ryder's not going to be there forever. But Rowan Marshall, he's the guy. He is the guy. All right, it's time to talk about Sydney. Go for it. And I'm very excited to talk about the Swans. Go for it. I've missed them dearly. Um, Okay, so out goes. Darcy Cameron and Zach Jones both traded. Um, James Rose, Jarek Tucker, Toby Pink, Cody Hurst, Jack Maybaum, and Daniel Menzel all delisted. Heath Grundy, Kieran Jack, Jared McVeigh, and Nick Smith all retired. And they've traded out pick 54, 62, 63, and a future fourth rounder. Our favourite pick. In comes. <laughs> There's going to be a draft that's nothing but fourth round. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in comes Lewis Taylor uh, through trade, Caden Brand and Sam Gray uh, 
both delisted free agent signings. Pick 32 and future third both traded in. So Sydney go to the draft with pick 5, 25, 32, 44 and 81. So as a Swans fan, I have obviously looked at them a little bit more critically than most of the other teams, although I do look at all the teams critically. Um, I think they need a small lockdown defender. Uh... With Nick Smith gone, I know he didn't play this year, but um, they definitely need someone that can take that role so so Mills can be that intercepting uh, marking defender instead because we, we had for a really long time Rampy and Mills doing that, but both have had to become lockdown defenders because we're getting thin in defence. Um, so Do you think that's the most important one, though? I think they do have a. They got five. Yeah, I'm, I've got three so, three areas of the ground that they need to focus on. Um, small lockdown defender is one. I think they need a key defender. So your talk about Gould has got me interested. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then I, they definitely need an inside midfielder, a contested beast, because George Hewitt is looking to take up that mantle from Kennedy, but they need someone else as well. Um, and contested ball was something that they got smashed in a lot this year. So, so that's something else. Small defenders. Small two mid defenders. Um, and inside mid. Key defender, inside mid. Thing is, there are a lot of midfielders in this draft. So they might be they might be more interested in using five on the defender. They're mm. like a key position kind of or like a really, really um like a well established defender and then use the later pick on any one of the numerous inside mids. Mm. Um, although a lot of people are projecting, like, in terms of, like, phantom draft top tens or mock draft top tens, it's full of inside mids. Like, for example, um, someone we haven't mentioned a hell of a lot, Devin Robertson, though. I think I did mention him earlier with Freo. Like, beat Sam Walsh's record for number of possessions across the four games at the Carnival. Captain yeah. Western Australia to the thing. Played through an injury, you know, um, like... You know, not a super good ball user or so, but, like, is a hell of a leader already. Mm. A hell of a leader already. Um, definitely the kind of bloke that you could see playing 12 years and being a captain of probably one day a premiership side or something. Like, he just has that sort of air about him. A bit like Gouldy. So, um, I could see them taking that, though, in terms of if they think the inside mid position is what they really want to go. Do they use five on the inside mid because it's a super high-quality inside mid, like high, high-end. They also said that they were going to bid on green, didn't they? Yeah, they've definitely said they're going to bid on green if he's available. So I think Adelaide also want to bid on green. Mm. So if Adelaide don't, I think Sydney will. Um, they've also mentioned Luke Jackson in weird ways. Absolutely, so they I think do they're like looking, a rock. Yeah. Um, who, could, who could play forward as well. Yeah. Because I actually think Sydney need to address the forward a little bit, although I guess they got... Um, they got Blakey, who'll be that one day. So, Well, Blakey's going to, I think, spend a lot more time up on the wing and in the mm. midfield next year. Um, but Tom McCartan, I've touted 2020 as the year of Tom McCartan. Yeah. He's going to have a breakout. They're trying to use him as a swing, but I think if they got a no, key defender... No, leave him up for It's like weedering. Leave him in the back line where he plays his mm. best footy. Let him kill it down there. But I think if they got a key defender like Gould, who can take over that Grundy role, mm. who's a big guy, who oh, you can trust down there that Good doesn't have to ball. run a lot... Um, 
that would leave McCartan to be able to thrive up he forward. He wouldn't have to swing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's what is in my head, but I think the Swans are definitely going to go after an inside mid early. I just think he's unlikely to slip to 25, so yeah. it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, Sam Flanders, actually. They've also mentioned him, yeah. yeah. Again, he's not, like, he's not an elite disposal, but wins a hell of a lot of the ball, and... When he goes forward, like, he kicked over 30 goals in the 2017, I think, underage season or so. Like, when he goes forward, he bashes packs, Mm. uses his strength. He's not a particularly tall bloke, but super dense, just smashes packs open, kicks a lot around the court. He almost, when he goes forward, he is a bit Parker-ish. Parker's probably better in the air, but Flanders is just, yeah, he just, he's chaos up forward, kicks goals, Brashes things open, um, and can win a lot of the ball in the middle with like handballs. But he tends to just throw the ball on the boot, and he's got a very loopy kick that doesn't tend to hit targets very well. So that can worries kick me a lot though. of goals, can win a lot of the ball, is a bigger body, but is not an elite disposal. So would potentially be, I mean, but then. I guess you would weigh up his ability to hit the scoreboard with the leadership quality of Devin Robertson if they were looking at the inside mid early on. Mm. Um, I've got to be honest, I think if Jackson's there at five, they'll probably take that. Mm. It's sounding more and more like they're going to go after him. Interesting. Because but... I think that like, if he's supposedly an amazing ruck prospect, there are no other amazing ruck prospects. Mm. There are a couple other rucks that look good, no, no, like no prospects where anyone is that keen on. Nobody's really talking about Combin or Brian or whatever it is. So, if he's there, they'll go. There are other there are other inside mids and other mid defenders in the draft. We can get them later. Take him now. Yeah, that's probably. I could see that happening. Yeah, totally. Um, the other thing is, if Melbourne say, do the unexpected and say we'll take Jackson, then Ash and Young are still available. Adelaide can't take both of them. Mm. Ash would easily be good. He's a little bit taller than people think. He's actually a medium-sized defender, but he's a really bloody good user of the ball most of the time and has a lot of speed. Mm. So Sydney have a lot of options there. I think it'd be interesting. Yeah, It's so hard to see how this is going to play out. I'm really keen to watch the draft now because I'm going to be wrong about everything and uh, I'm going to be watching the players I've actually looked at go to all the other clubs. <laughs> so, that'll be no, fun. No, it won't go that way. It's good to see Sydney have a top 10 pick. For the first time in 10 years. Wasn't, wasn't Ling a top... Oh, he's a first round, but not top 10, eh? Matthew Ling? Yeah. Yeah, no, just first round. Well, I mean, really... Uh, Their first legitimate top 10 uh, pick yeah. in 10 years. Their last Heaney, legitimate... Mills and Blakey, technically all are top 10 picks. Yes, correct. So, don't be smart. <laughs> um, last legitimate top 10 pick was 2009... It was Gary Rowan at pick six. Yeah. So that's a fun fact for you. So every 10 years, the Swans miss the finals, get a top 10 pick, and then they shoot back up for another 10 years. <laughs> so look forward to I that, everyone. That's what Melbourne's trying to do. Um, I am excited about Brandon Gray, though. Um, I think they're going to be really... I don't know about Caden Brand. I haven't seen a lot of amazing stuff, but maybe they don't need amazing. Maybe they just need like a Jeremy Laidler. Exactly. I think they just want he someone that can lock down. Did the job, didn't he? That yeah. literally his whole job is to just stay with one player mm. because that could be the release for Mills or Rampy as well. Yeah, actually. Who are the smarter, like more footy brain type players. As long as Brand is uh, accountable enough that his man doesn't like yeah. come over and 
you know, get in their way and bugger them up or whatever. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. But Sam Gray, I'm very excited. Sam, oh, he's good for at least a goal a game. Yeah. The, guaranteed. The so. only reason I'm sad is because it kind of stamped Menzel's papers. But Sam Gray, I'm but very, Sam very Gray's excited about. more consistent. And his body is more consistent as well. He's yeah, very rarely injured. That's the only thing. I'm fortunate for Menzel, I know, because he is a freak. Yeah. But, um, and his, his field kicking is obviously outrageous. Like he's, 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 a, he's a good football freak. Mm. But um, just, yeah. yeah, just a shame that... Um, just yeah. a shame that he won't be going around again, I guess. But at I'm a certain a, point, you've yeah. got to try and get some, uh, I guess, um, what's the word? I guess reliability. Yeah, it's, I've been. Um, just, there's mm, just still a question mark, unfortunately. Over like even Gaunt, as good as he's been, I'm still paranoid he's going to do a knee again. So, well, maybe that's why you need Jackson after four bloody Ricos. It's just he's one of the lucky ones, I think, Gorney, to be able to come back and be as consistent as he has. Yeah, not everyone is that lucky, even after one ACL. So, yeah, I still can't walk after mine. <laughs> that's a joke. Um, I could never walk before it either. Um, Sam Gray, I've been a big fan of for a very long time yeah, as well. Same. So to see him in Swan when I Colors, heard that he he wasn't going to get the deal, I was like, "Why the fuck am Mel- Melbourne's talking about getting a small forward? This dude is almost free." But I think that is what the I think from from what I could understand, Frio were only offering him one year. Uh, Port were only offering him one year, and oh, Sid- they did offer him. A, they did offer yeah. him, but he selected to go to Sydney because I think he wanted a two year deal or something like that. Well, fair. Enough. He's what twenty eight. Yeah, about that. 28, 29? Yeah, um, he's got two years. Yeah, seeing him training in Swans colours made me so He's been super durable, happy. I think. Exactly. I think he's played a hell of a lot of games. He has, yeah. Uh, just under 100. That's not bad, though. Yeah, but he, he was picked he, up as a rookie, wasn't he? He wasn't drafted at 18. Yeah, and he's rarely missed games due to injury. It's usually just suspension. team balance. No, no not suspension. <laughs> um, should we move on to West Coast? We're nearly done, and you need to go to bed. Um... Because I'm oh, a mother, apparently. Yeah, I don't know that they're going to do a hell of a lot. They're probably going to redraft someone that they let go, like Hamish Brayshaw. They said they were going to try and give well, him let's another go. opportunity. Do we want to go through them? Yeah. Um, so out goes Matthew Allen, Patrick Bynes, Keegan Brooksby, Chris Marston, Fraser McInnes, Kurt Mutimer, Brody Riak, Riak, I think is how you say his name, Josh Smith, and Hamish Brayshaw and Brendan Archie. They've delisted all those guys. Those last two, they're going to redraft. Yep. Um, they've also traded out pick 14, 24, 33, 64, and their future first. But in comes Tim Kelly through that Geelong trade. Also pick 46, 91, and a future third. So they go into the draft with pick 46 and 91. I think... To maximise this incredible midfield that they're going to have, which is going to be unstoppable, and I'm just looking at a poster on my wall that reminds me of their golden era midfields of Kerr, Cousins and Judd, um, I think they need a small forward to replace Willy Rioli to maximise what the midfield is going to be able to provide their forward line. Thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean that's all true, but the thing is... If they've said, if they've had those blokes on the list and they've said that they're interested in having them again, they haven't got a bevy of picks where they can afford to do that. And then I mean, also yeah, they only have creative. two. They only have two picks, so, so they might just redraft those two. Chances are they will pick one of those blokes and then try and get creative with the other one. Mm. I don't know that they'll be able to give them. But I mean, don't forget, um, 
there are a couple of blokes that got delisted that have already started training with other clubs. Like I think I heard DeLuca was yep. going to go back and train at Carlton. Yeah. Um, Aiden Stevenson forward that got delisted by Port Adelaide. Aiden Johnson. Aiden Johnson. He's sorry. training with Sydney. He's apparently training with Sydney. Um, there are a couple of other blokes. Harley Bunnell. Angus Schumacher from Carlton that delisted. I think he's actually trained St Kilda. St Kilda. Is it? I think so. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, there you go. There's a couple of blokes that are there that you may be... I mean, they could even be interested enough to try and get Partington again or something clever. Mm. Um, I don't know. They're either going to get those two guys, like they said, or they're going to pick one of them and try and get... Re-rookie the other one. Interest, yeah, and rookie one of them, or try and get creative with the other one. So yeah. it'll be interesting. I don't think they're going to be... They won't be doing a hell of a lot. No, I mean, and I don't think... No one's going to really be paying a hell of a lot of attention. So. I don't think West Coast would need a whole lot. Either. No, I don't think. I mean, they're a pretty dominant side, and then you've just added one of the absolute best players in the comp. I think they're doing pretty okay. Yeah. Should we move to the Western Bulldogs? Yeah. Final one. So, out goes Tom Boyd, Liam Pickin, and Dale Morris all through retirement. They've delisted Fletcher Roberts and Lucas Webb, um, traded out pick 32, 45, 51, and a future second rounder. In comes Josh Bruce and Alex Keith, both through trade, and they've also got a future third rounder. So they go to the draft with pick 13, 53, and 89. What do you think they need? Uh, they've, they've got Sam Lloyd as their small forward. They've got a fair bit of run. They've got three talls down there now. They addressed. Oh no, they back. did. They did resign Tory Dixon because they, they did that weird video of him tackling a dude, but the dude was a contract. Oh, the dude was a contract. <laughs> That's right. So, um, and then their backline, they got Keith in. Now maybe that's not enough. Maybe with pick thirteen, they're going to try and get one of the key position blokes that's available. They're on a hell of a lot. Mm. Um. I know Fisher McCasey is a, a lifelong Bulldogs fan and as apparently when he was younger wrote to Boyd and struck up a a convers- like a relationship over letters in an effort to understand like how do you guys prepare or things Matthew Tr- Boyd. Matthew Boyd, yeah. Um spoke to him and apparently still sees him and tried to get advice and things like that. What sort of position is he again? He's a forward. He he's been he's been utilized in the defence, but he's he's a forward basically. He's one of the he's probably one of the top end forwards in the draft. So I don't know that that's what they need because they got Norton now. Who, well I think they need a defender well, that think- can force Norton to stay in the forward line. Yeah, so I don't. I, even though McCasey's a, a massive Bulldogs fan and would be a really good clubman for him and everything, I don't know that they would go that route. I think they they'll try and get the defensive done. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, other than that, maybe they just try and pick a like a dude with a lot of X factor, someone mm-hmm. that's exciting. I mean, they did lose Dalhouse and they didn't really replace that necessarily. Um, no, know. that tackling pressure in the forward line. Or even just like the inside, outside, mid, you know. I, I well, don't know. Dunkley. Yeah. Dunkley's incredible. Yeah, but he's one bloke. Yeah. So well, Dunkley, all... McRae and Bontempelli is a pretty good trio in the uh, midfield. No, absolutely, absolutely. So, um... But yeah, I think you're right. That kind of guy that can do both rather than just the one. Yeah, and look, like we said, there are a number of blokes that could slip a hell of a lot and there are a number of blokes that could go a lot higher 
if Brody Kemp slips, it'd be hard to go past him because even though he's probably not going to be able to play a hell of a lot next year, he's he he wants to play in the midfield. He's over 190 centimetres, but he's played defence and he's a, he's a goal kicker. Mm. So just one of the handier blokes to get. Just there aren't a lot of blokes in the draft that seem to be as versatile as him on on a consistent basis. Yeah. Um, so there's stuff they could do with 13. I don't think they're going to be able to do much with 53 and 89 necessarily. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I heard I heard um, some people saying that there there could be a chance to get Waitman, but I don't know that they need... Um, I don't know that they need a small forward. Yeah, well, the way... Um, I mean, they've got Lockie Hunter who plays forward if he needs. They've got Sam Lloyd down there now. Mm. You know, I, I just don't know that that would be what they would be addressing. Yeah. I do think that another but like you defender... Said, people don't go to the draft with the aim of addressing certain areas a lot of the time. Most of the time they would go to the draft with the idea of saying, which one of these blokes is more likely to be able to to be a, like a 12-year footballer. Yeah. Unless... That's more likely. So Unless you're in might, that premiership window, like you're Unless right you're near in the, the window top. and you... Th- but if you're in the window, chances are you have a team that's deep enough that you don't need to rely on draftees. Mm. So it is quite difficult. I wouldn't expect them to try and address a need with a, a draftee. But a lot of teams had to. Like Carlton, they're like, well, fuck, we don't have any defenders we can rely on. The, like one of these t- blokes, like in Weedering, is like... He's supposedly the number one bloke, but he he's a bloody good defender. Now they could have gone with anyone at one, you know, mm. but they you know so it's it's hard to tell. It really is hard to tell. Um, I don't think that they're in a desperate um, need to address anything in particular. They did that with the trades. Yeah, that's true. So they're just probably going to look at a bloke who they think is going to be able to stick around for ages, which is why I. Which is why I think that if Hawthorne doesn't go with McCasey or something like that, which is a lot of people have said, that he seems like a pretty good option to pick. Mm. He's one of the few top-end key position blokes, and he loves the club already. Yeah. So Half the battle I mean, is there. Well, your decision's almost made a little bit for you. He's got good credentials and everything. He's a very like well-spoken bloke. Um, would be a good representative of the club. Obviously, would be very keen to work his ass off to stay there. So... I don't know. I don't see them being desperate to like try and fill a need, though. Mm. So yeah, cool. hard to tell. Really hard to tell. All Again, with every bloody team, like we spoke about, it, all of this is hypothetical. But it's just fun to have a look at um, how it could pan out. Yeah. Well, on that note, should we wrap this up? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming to have a chat. No worries. On a on a work night and everything. Um, this Thanks has been. Dinner. That's okay. This has been Play On Radio's, I guess, draft preview in a way. Trade recap, all that jazz of the AFLM. Um, that's Alexander Bastiani. Thank you again for coming down. He's a Melbourne oh. supporter, so send through positive Melbourne I'll be back to tear vibes. my hair out after the draft. <laughs> <laughs> so we might do a draft recap with Alexander again if you guys all want him back. Um <laughs> Please do not let me know. You can direct everything to Gemma. I've been Gemma Bastiani. Uh, This is Plan Radio. Keep listening as well. We've got heaps of footy stuff happening. Um, Make sure you tune into How Good's Footy on Wednesdays at 4pm. And we're going to have a whole bunch of AFLW content on the site. So make sure you're checking the site too. But in the meantime, 
enjoy replays of the footy and enjoy the draft. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.